everybody and welcome to the House of Mario, the South Australian Nintendo podcast that is backed by a 120 power star rating. I'm your host Drew Agnew and the doors to episode 224 are open. This week on the show, we're going to be talking about Mario Strikers Battle League impressions, a Pokemon artist, James Turner leaves Game Freaks to start his own independent game developer, and Summer Games Fest roundup and much more. And joining me in the house is my best mate, it's Bryce DeWitt. How you going, my friend? It's me. It's me. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, man. It's good to have you back. It's good to yeah, yeah. it's good to do the show in general. I've been sick the last couple of weeks. I've been sort of trying to yeah. fend off a cough. I'm like, I can't podcast coughing into the microphone. No one wants to listen to that. Unless no, um, that's right. unless someone's like, oh, look, I just love a good cough. I love a good cough in the year. It's good ASMR. I, do, I type cough ASMR every day in the YouTube, and it, it does me well. Uh, I don't think anyone's like that. There was um, I was watching a comedian on YouTube, and they'll sort of going over this TikToker. And he was just coughing and squirting into the bloody his phone camera. It made me uneasy. I hated it. Disgusting. So I'm right. not going to do that to our audience here. That's for sure. <laughs> mm. Oh, you you cheeky boy. Hey, oh, you don't have a cough. That's a fake cough. No, I'm so I'm so cheeky. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, I'm the cheekiest lad. I've, I've uh, come across a little bit cheekier, but you know you're you're right up there. The, the cheekiness is just bountiful. Very cheeky, mate. Yeah, absolutely. You, you just yeah. wait. You just, wait. <laughs> just you wait. Oh, all right. Well, how you been going, Bryce? It's been a little bit since the scene. You came over on my birthday. You brought over some drinks. So I appreciate uh, that quite a lot. So, of course. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't know you were sick at the time. So, rip me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> nah. I'm alright. I'm alright. I didn't. I didn't French kiss you, so I didn't get sick. So right. mm, you but, just gave me a normal kiss on the on the lips. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Um, no, no. It was. Uh, yeah, I, I was like, all right. I'm like, you know, I'm like, it's Drew's birthday today. I'm like, but I've got. It's like my dual kids' day. I'm like, well, I'll tell you what. I'll. I'm like, I'll. I'll put Arthur to bed for a nap. I'll go pick up Evie. I'll just let Jade know that I'm going out for you know half an hour or so. And I'll uh, go pick up a couple of beers and just pop around and see how you're going. And then it just turns out that you've been fucking like sick all week. And I'm like, oh, well, here you go. Here's your drinks. You probably won't feel like them if you're sick, but here you go. Yeah, I felt like them. I felt like one. You brought over a nice cider, my favorite cider, Bormans. Nice and delicious. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I don't know whether whether you'd feel like beer or cider. So I was like, all right, I'll get you four pack of Bormans. I'll get you two carton dries at least. Then you'll be hanging for one later. You'll be fine. <laughs> You know, just in case you missed, I'm like fucking. Oh, I didn't want cider, Bryce. Throw it back at your face. Oh. I don't want it. How dare I? Yes, how dare it's you? Like, Sorry, Lord. Here's here's your Carlton Dry. Oh. <laughs> That's better. I need yeast. <laughs> yeast. Yeast. Well, we're doing this online, which is uh, I don't know if this has become a regular thing for us, but. Jesus, it was a bit of an effort trying to get the kids to bed before uh, popping into the house of Mario. Jeez, things are different now, bro. I yeah. feel old. Bloody yeah. old old men trying to record our podcast amongst streaming kids. Yeah. This is the first time I think we've had we've had a recorded podcast where we've been like in the midst of like getting everything sorted and ready for bed. And like you chucked up the restream and I'm like, all right, yeah, sweet. I'll I'll click on that and I'll just get in there and I'll just get the kids ready for bed and stuff like that. And my kids are like popping in and saying hello to you and Lucas is cracking the shits and <laughs> 
I'm just like, all right, kids, time to go to bed. They're like, I want to talk to Drew. I'm like, no, you're going to bed. I want to talk to Drew. He's he's my friend. And I want to- <laughs> oh, he's getting jealous. Evie's uh, taking old Drew boy away. <laughs> I'm like, I want to talk to Drew. <laughs> I can imagine Evie, uh, just for context, Evie is uh, Bryce's six-year-old daughter. So mm-hmm. I'm like, Evie, one um one day she might be like, hey, um, I'm actually hanging out with Drew this weekend. Like, what the fuck? He didn't say anything to me. So no, it's just us. <laughs> We're, um, I don't know. Going to the movies, playing games, just hanging out, being friends. You're just chilling out. Going to watch Sonic 3 without me. Then you get your revenge. You're like, Lucas, one day, I'm just going to go hang out with Bryce. I was like, what? <laughs> Bryce didn't <laughs> say anything to me. That's not fair. <laughs> Uncle, Uncle Bryce knows how to play video games better than you do. So, Oh, fair enough. <laughs> go to Bryce's place, go and get some skills up. Mm-hmm, yeah. Well, that's he's, not a bad idea at all. He's come for dojo training, mate. Yeah. Well, what are you going to teach him? What game are you going to teach him? Oh, God, I don't fucking know. Anything and everything. Mm. I'm at that stage where I'm starting to daydream about, uh, um, you know, the age when he can pick a, up a controller. And in this room here, I've got like, my screen here and i got like a screen over there. We're just both sitting here playing games on our own separate thing and playing some multiplayer games and all that. I hope that I hope very that's well. the case. I could very well be a reality, my friend. Yeah. It could. But that's I, exactly what's happening with me right now. Like if I just fucking like... Um, I've got like a whole second desk over here. Then it's got like, uh, like the laptop set up and everything. Yeah. And um, yeah, God forbid that anybody else uses that laptop other than the kids because they don't. You know, so it's usually me and Evie sitting here after school or whatever. And is it just like I'm covered in jelly <laughs> from the no, kids? No. <laughs> no, 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 it's pretty clean. Um, but the plan is is to um, to have uh the computer that I've got going now because I'm streaming and uh, using using uh, donations and whatever to sort of like work my way towards um, a new streaming, like a not not a streaming computer, like an actual uh, game computer. And then the one that I'm currently on is going to be my streaming computer. But what I'm going to do is I'll set it up between the two desks and um, I'll have a screen over there that they can sort of just use that computer on as long as they don't mess with my shit. So that's the plan. And then, you know, that way I can have a laptop back, which, you know, hasn't been mine for a long time. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, that, that's the other thing I'm thinking about too, is just like when all my things become not my things. <laughs> Watch your switches, man. Yeah. Well, I don't mind I don't mind one switch. He, I'll, I'll buy him his own switch. Just like use your own switch, mate. You're getting it. You reckon you're getting the OLED? No chance. You're getting the tatty old switch light. Don't you worry about that, my friend. <laughs> Might get to Christmas. Like, all right, son, here's your first switch. You're still a baby. He's just like fucking <laughs> dropping it on his face. Like, oh, fuck. when he's like 10 months old, here you go, champ. <laughs> Traumatized for life because of Nintendo Switch. Yeah, no, he, yeah, he was, he still me playing. He was get flashbacks. So, like, how do you remember this? You're so young, but it was that traumatizing. Mm. <laughs> no, I hope not. Hope not. Hope he has a good relationship with uh, with electronics and uh, nothing falls on his head. I don't think he will. Yeah, I'm sure he will. <laughs> I think he will. Every, every kid has to these days. Like, it's, it's mm. not. Mm, it's one of those things. It's like even. It's like everybody, everybody at school and stuff like that. They're all playing Fortnite. They're all meme invested. They're all like whatever. <laughs> oh god! Literally, I got I got Evie coming home. She's fucking talking about yeeting and and then like. <laughs> She's dabbing like every now and then, like no shit. It's, it's oh no, she's yeah, been poisoned I, by. Uh, I know by social. 
Uh, Holy crap! Like what? Like, and that's that's not something she's pulled from the internet because she spends a lot of time on the internet. That's that's something that she's pulled from um from school, like from people at school. Mm. Why are people dabbing? No, this is like this is way too long ago. Why are people still dabbing? You're just an old dad, Bryce. You don't understand why dabbing's sick. (laughs) I never understood when why it was sick when it actually happened. No, I don't know either, Bryce, but um, it is what it is. We got to embrace our brand new culture. So dab away, my friend. Dab away. <laughs> there you go. There, there we go. That's a good dab from Bryce in audio form. All right. Mm-hmm. So let's get to some housekeeping, Bryce. Just want to go over a few things before we get into the meat and potatoes of the show. I want to thank. Oh, yeah. uh, I want to thank uh, the country of Ecuador again. We're in the top uh, fourteen in the Apple oh, Podcast charts for yeah, video games Ecuador. in that country. We were number three, Bryce, if you believe it or not. We're number three. I don't know why. I don't know how, but thank you very much to Ecuador and the the whole country. I'm sure everybody uh, in that, <laughs> the whole population is just... The house, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks, Ecuador. Appreciate mm. it, dudes. Yeah. And uh, we're actually, we're starting a, a game a game club, Bryce, and I came up with a name for it. I, I want to uh, see if you like it. I quite like it. But it's just mm. the House of Mario Game Gathering, a monthly sort of uh, game club. Where we yeah, get get together nice. on the Discord, record an episode, put it out on Encore at the House of Mario podcast feed, and have some fun. And the first game is going to be Kid Icarus on the original NES. So if you want to go and check that out, you can get it on your Nintendo Online subscription, or you can even get the 3D Classic on 3DS, which is a really nice version as well. Um, mm. Looks beautiful. I I really enjoyed it. It's one of the first uh, classic games to come out on the 3DS, so you might have it that in it your was. backlog. So if you want to join us for that, it's going to be recorded on June 29th, 8 p.m. Australian Central Standard Time. I know last episode, for some reason, I just had a slip of the tongue and I said 8 a.m. I'm not recording at 8 a.m. That's not going to happen, guys. <laughs> so 8 p.m. And it will be put put up on the 30th of June on Encore at the House of Mario. So join us for that. And even if you can't join us, you don't want to um, be in the Discord or uh, join us for the show, it's just a thing I want to put together so we are sort of, you know, concentrating on games that we can play and we're not always just looking forward to the future and getting sucked into, you know, when's Nintendo Direct coming out? It's like, guys, we've got so many games to play <laughs> from uh, every single Nintendo platform. I'm sure you've got something to play on Switch. <laughs> yeah, and I think, like, that's the thing is um, when we're talking about something like a games club, we're 100% so set and focused on, like, the, the here and now more than it ever is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, oh yeah, um, absolutely. Like classic games, especially these days, they, they just fall to the wayside. It doesn't, it isn't, it isn't the same sort of hobby that it used to be. Um, like people who started gaming in my era. Um, <laughs> Your era. I love it. Well, yeah. I mean, SNES, you know, NES, SNES. Uh, like I, I started in the transition of then. Mm. Um, going back to those old games, like, a lot of people, a lot of people who have started who started gaming since like, you know, like ten years ago or whatever, they're not gonna they're not gonna be like, man, I should really go back and play Super Mario Brothers three. That game was a fucking fantastic game. Uh, oh, it was but like, it was it was, but they don't do that. But somebody like me will go back to it and I'll just I'll be like, sweet, yeah, it's a fucking sick game. Um, but then you get like those people, they're just like they do go back to it and then they're just like, oh, this is. Oh, it feels so terrible, and the graphics, and you're like, uh, yeah, well, that's what video games were. <laughs> no, they, they weren't always Fortnite. It's it's yeah. um, definitely something a lot more 
I guess, common if you're going back to a, like a Nintendo 64 game or a PlayStation 1 game that you didn't originally play. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's a little bit harder to go back to. But anyone, anyone that's saying um, like uh, the 2D Mario games, they're hard to go back to. It's like, come on. <laughs> like, a, you'd, be, you'd be surprised. Yeah, I know. Every now and again, I read something on Twitter being like, someone's like, give me some game recommendations. And someone's like, oh, look, you should, you should go back and play Mario World. It's one of the best games ever made. It's really good. And, someone, mm. and they're just like, I don't like 2D games. It's like, you don't like 2D games. That's a that's a big span of video games you just don't like. Yeah, even in the modern era, that's a huge thing. Yeah. Like you think of some really pretty games like Ori and the Blind Forest and stuff like that. Like that like it'd be a real shame if you missed out on shit like that just because you don't like 2D games. Mm. Don't like using that D-pad. Just hurts the thumb. Just uh, the, fr- like, the friction is <laughs> just too much. Oh. I don't like moving left and right. I only like moving up and down. Mm, don't don't blame me. That's why. Um, maybe you could recommend like uh, the the original Donkey Kong. You know, you're moving up. You're not going left and right too much. You know, you're trying to go up little platforms and jumping across barrels and stuff. But apart from that, it's it's up ladders. It is. Yeah, you do. You do indeed climb a ladder or two. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, it, it's yeah, it's one of them things where we can. We're we're in that unique position where we can sort of have a community come together and try some things with us, and you know, uh, sort of make a little community, like a community chat about it, and um, really sort of get the ball rolling. And like something like Kid Icarus is not realistically something people will ever go back to because it's one of those things that's not even represented that often in the modern era. Um, obviously, we've only had one Kid Icarus game in the last twenty years. Mm. Uh, and that was uh, Uprising, and uh, which we both think was a fucking stellar game. But um, you know, we haven't seen anything about the series since, which uh, is 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 really shitty. So I'm glad I, I still have a 3ds around to uh, play yeah. it again if I ever want to. Now that we got but, Mario Strikers, it's Kid Icarus. That's the game I'm after on Switch. That's the next. <laughs> that's the hype moment at a Nintendo Direct um, oh, for boy, me personally. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, but, uh, yeah, depending on whenever the hell they actually decide they're going to do anything, but considering everybody else has already sort of laid their cards on the table for now. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not in a rush. We already sort of know what's coming in the next year. It's not it's not like... Um, and, like, this is sort of circling back around to, like, not just looking forward to, you know, what's hip and, hip and upcoming and, like, right in your face. Like, we already know what's, <laughs> we already know what's happening. Um, I'm still excited to see more information about the things that are that are coming too, but we already know what's happening. Yeah, um, um, we've got. Yeah, we will talk about the direct order. direct rumor a little bit later. So yeah, we'll yeah, we'll get into our thoughts then because I think uh you know the internet as usual, especially being June with no sort of update from Nintendo, everyone's losing their mind a little bit. So you know, look. Look, we're Nintendo podcasters, and we get a we get a yeah. bump in numbers <laughs> bump in numbers when there's a direct. If anyone wants to direct, it's us. Like, yes, but, yes, yeah. Even, even we're just like, yeah, you know what? We know Splatoon's coming. It's, it's you know, we've got Xenoblade. There's Pokemon. We, we, there's things coming. Whether you're excited for them or not. But um, let's get into a Guru, a guru Geek Outs, Bryce. Guru Geek Outs. Yeah, whatever I just said. Just put it all into one word. And I know you'll be able to get around this one, Bryce. Um, uh-huh. So uh, our good friend David Rooney has... Uh, released his first single on Apple Music and Spotify titled mm. Stuck. And I'm just so happy for Dave 
and that he's yeah. finally done some music. Uh, basically, I get a bit of backstory. Um, I, I first met Dave on a on a Nintendo forum called Aussie Nintendo. I'm sure some of our listeners from Australia might recognise that name. And Dave on that forum was one of the nicest members I ran into and, you know, become friends on Facebook and uh, quickly realised he was really into his music. And there was a website called, I think it was called Last Last FM. Do you remember that site, Bryce? Yeah. Yeah, so you could basically put your music library into this site and you get recommendations and you can make friends and see what people are listening to. And this it was quite a novel concept back then, but now with Spotify, you literally just open the app and you see that Bryce is listening to you know Metallica and, oh, that's cool, and you click on that. But back then, there was sort of no way to just share your music. And mm-hmm. I quickly found out Dave had a very similar taste in music to me. So quite often I was going to his profile and seeing what he's listening to and I'll click on it and I'm like, oh, I really like this and put it into uTorrent, download the discography. And uh, Whoa. yeah, look, look, I, I'm honest. I didn't, I Admissions bought. Admissions of guilt. When I'm in primary school, do you reckon I had 30 bucks to spend on 12 songs? No. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, uh, you know, since we had such a, I guess, similar taste in music and he's, I guess in the more recent years, he's been putting out sort of uh, covers and stuff on his Instagram and just really liked liked what he's putting out. It's acoustic sort of pop punk music and I was stoked when I heard that he's actually putting it out something officially recorded and it's absolutely fantastic. Mm. I know you put up something on, on Facebook about it too. I did. So you, yeah, you've yeah, come yeah. across it. You like the track, Bros? I know you yes, can't. Absolutely. I know you can't say no. Actually, no. After all that, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's a brilliant song. I love it. And um, yeah, I I 100% agree with the sentiment. You know, I'm I'm glad that he's he's finally managed to sort of get himself in a position where he can release a professional uh, professionally recorded song. Um, he had a last. I, I remember reading uh, reading that he uh, had a last minute photo shoot because he was sort of was like, well, that's something you need to do, and he's just like, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. Like we all go through that with like <laughs> with uh, things, and um, I uh, I think it kind of encapsulates it, it. It encapsulates the song a little bit too because you just like you get so stuck in your own thought where you where you're like you don't even think about the little things you're like shit. Yeah, yeah, because I, I know there for a little bit too. Like he was, you know, you know I guess <laughs> with the title of the song called "Stuck," I, he, you know, he felt a little bit stuck. And and like on Facebook, he explained why this song means so much to him and how he's sort of getting his emotions out there. If if uh, you know, if anything, let alone putting out some yeah. music people enjoy. Yeah, and um, you know that's that's what it says on his uh, bios as well. Is that um like it's his music is a way to express like experiences that he's had or ways that he's felt uh in his life and um i think a lot of people can relate to something like stuck i think like that's like it's it's a song that honestly it it's you know it gets it gets a little bit of hype in there you feel pretty good about it by the end of it you're like yeah that's great um but like the actual like reading into the actual lyrics and how like how he's sort of felt in this particular situation. I think it's something that a lot of people have actually um, had to run through plenty of times. So um, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So I'll play a bit of the song. So you guys listen to it and uh, yeah. Yeah. 
crashing down Lock yourself in together, smelling the doubt Or you'll be frozen in place With egg on your face, you're sitting down So fuck your stuff Cool. Nice. So if you want to go and check out the songs, there's links to the streaming services, Apple Music, Spotify, and check out his Facebook page and Instagram page according to plan. I'm sure he would really appreciate it. A fellow South Australian musician getting their first single out there. So really cool. Big Nintendo fan as well, obviously, meeting him through Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you have any Guru Geek Outs, Bryce? Um. No, I think that's that was pretty much it for me as well this week. Is uh, I've been working a lot, so it's sort of like I haven't uh, had the time to sit and appreciate a hell of a lot. Mm. Um, apart from maybe the fact that um, I guess uh, like streaming and community wise, there I've been doing d- doing pretty well as well. Um, and a lot of the friends uh, friends that I'm making through streaming and stuff like that, I, I appreciate them to absolute like here and back as well. But like you know. I'd, I'd, I could talk about that all day and sort of how that's gone. And, um, you know, I've talked about it before on the show, but I think the main important thing is, is that, um, I guess I'm just glad to be surrounded by people, even if they're not in, directly in my face. Um, so, you know, that's including people like you and then people that, um, still keep in contact with me from like locally or people that are online and stuff like that. And it's just, yeah, it's good to still have those people around with, uh, you know, everything sort of going on and, um, well, uh, oh, child's arisen. Um, yeah. The, the child has arisen. Um, but yeah, essentially it sort of just really comes down to having people around that, uh, care about your work and your content and, uh, you as a person as well. And so you, as more than just that, um, which has been a huge help because sometimes you don't feel like you don't feel like doing anything. You don't really feel like sort of pushing on, but um, yeah, having those people around is uh, positive. Yeah, absolutely. Like um, on my birthday the other day, you know, a lot of people I haven't talked to in a long time. You know, it said happy birthday message here and a Twitter post there and all that. It's very nice. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, no, I definitely definitely have uh, agree with that. Um. But I've I've got one more geek out, Bryce, and I've been saving this for a little while. I've um, <laughs> with the Nintendo Switch Online, they've uh, been putting out the Animal Crossing characters each month uh, with their uh, characters <laughs> that have birthdays that month. And I've been patiently waiting for Philbert to be added to that. And now he's officially my avatar. I've got Philbert, the little blue squirrel from Animal Crossing. And I, I was thinking the other day, I'm like, I really want him in my village. So I went and got three Animal Crossing Series 2 packs of the Amiibo cards. And, <laughs> and I've been waiting to open them on the show. I don't, I, you know, just make a bit of an event out of it instead of just opening them and being disappointed afterwards. But they come with, right. they come with three cards. And hopefully out of the nine that I have here, one of them is a filbert. Because otherwise, oh. otherwise I'm going to eBay and I'm getting one for like 11 bucks. <laughs> well, all right. Let's see. How this all goes. right. So we got like what's the oh shit. we got Anicotti, we got Pico, and we got KK Slider as the rare sparkly one. Okay, okay. All right. That's so cool. That's cool. Should I? All right. So what, I'll open one more, and then I'll open the last pack at the end of the show. You know, really, <laughs> the anticipation. Everyone well, just. 
Or you'll just open it now if you get Philbert in the next one. Oh, I hope so. That is the best case scenarios. But a bit of context, everybody. Uh, I guess there's a uh, hundred characters in these packs, so the odds aren't in my favour. All right, in we're series two though, or total? Uh, in series two, I believe. Holy fuck! We got Bianca. We got Avery. And we got Porter as the the sparkly rare. Okay, so it's all in the last pack, boys. Because the, the the thing is, like, I don't, I don't even want these cards. Like, it's like you're, you're either all in or you're not. Like, just having a few of these isn't going to suffice. And I'm not buying five dollar packs to get three cards. It's going to be a bit. Yeah, it's not like Pokemon cards. Like shit. Yeah, it's a bit. Look, obviously they're expensive cards because they've got the NFT. Uh, NFCs, yeah. NFCs, yeah, that's right. Sorry, um, chips in them. So you know, they're not, they're not just cardboard. They've got something in them, I guess. But anyway, holy shit! What? The realization that they are the first example of an NFT in a physical form. <laughs> that's what? exactly what they are. Trading cards. No, no, like the amiibo cards specifically. Kind of, I guess. Um, no, no, they they are because there's limited quantities of every character. Oh no! Okay, all right, we're moving on from this. Yeah, good idea. All right, so <laughs> let's move on to some game impressions, Bryce. We're obviously going to be talking about Mario Strikers, but uh, beforehand, I want to talk about some um, some Steam demos I've been playing. A lot of these are coming to Switch, but I don't know if you've checked this out, Bryce. But for Summer Games Fest. Uh, there's a Steam, was it uh, Steam uh, Next Festival? So basically, you yes. can go and play a bunch of indie games on there, and it's like it's really cool because uh, it basically opens up an E3 like uh, sort of showcase for you to go and just touch whatever you want to go and play. So um, I said, that you need a good PC. Well, there you go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, um, Xbox do it as well. They're going to be doing it soon, so I'm going to go and check out some games on there as well, but. Um, obviously nowhere to be seen on Switch if you're <laughs> if you want to play some unreleased games. But I played some, I played three games which I really enjoyed, and I played one which was awful. <laughs> okay. Um, so the first one's Cult of Lamb. Been seeing this one from Devolver Digital, and yeah. it's it's been it's it was a lot of fun. And sort of looking at the trailers, I'm like, I got no idea what this is. It looks like a Devolver game. You know, you're a, a lamb who's starting a cult. Um, but what does that entail? And I don't know if you've been paying attention to this game much, Bryce, but it's pretty interesting how it sort of mushes up genres where you're kind of building out your own, well, you're building out your cult, but it's like a town. You're doing a lot of crafting and uh, getting new cult members to join join your sort of cult. But in the meantime, you're going around and going through uh, sort of like dungeons, beating bosses at the end. And that's how you go and get your new cult members. And when you get them back, you can sort of give them a job and, they all have different traits that you can you can name them. You can give them uh, different abilities and stuff. It seems like really in depth. I'm like, oh shit, I don't know if I'm if I'm cut out for this. Like, I just want to go and do the action bit. But I think it would be pretty good, especially on Switch. I was playing it on on PC, obviously, and it was in ultra wide on my monitor. I'm like, this looks awesome, and it's it's given me like a real thing. Like, do I want the portability or do, do I want ultra wide? <laughs> Um, yeah. But it, it'll look awesome on OLED. It really will look absolutely fantastic. So this game comes out soon. It comes out in August. So Yeah. Um, I, I saw the initial trailer for the game um, and I was immediately impressed by it. I was like, you know, this is 
This is one of those little artistic cutesy style games with a fucking heart, like a dark background that <laughs> I can get behind. I think that's, I think that's fucking awesome. Um, so I have not actually played it myself, but I'm, I'm keen to give it a shot. I really probably should. Yeah, no, go and um, go and do it. I think um, or it might actually end tomorrow or the twentieth for the US anyway. So you got like a bit of you got a day since we've been recording this to go and check it out. I think unless they keep the demo up, but I know the festival's finishing on Steam. But yeah, no, definitely, definitely worth going and checking out. Um, another one which I really enjoyed. I think it's pronounced Nyad, where it's like a just a super relaxing game. It's got a beautiful sort of. Uh, water water painting art style and you're basically just uh, just an isometric view of you swimming through a creek pretty much and as you're going along you put on headphones you can hear the water just splashing and it's just really really relaxing and you're just swimming through and you're doing like little tasks and exploring little nooks and crannies as you're going along but you can just ignore that and just take in the scenery and go down the creek and enjoy it that way but the sort of like little tasks do along the way, like you might come across a little duckling and then you can use uh, your ability where you can basically sing and that attracts like the animals in the mm-hmm. creek and then you can take like the duckling to its its mum and then it comes up a little thing saying, you know, you collected all the ducklings. Oh, cool. And there's like uh, there's frogs that are jumping around and you're scaring them off, but there's a tutorial where uh, you can basically swim where you do like a, you do sort of like breath stroke. And then that attracts the frogs because I guess you're swimming like a frog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like there's like lots of little small things where you're just like, how does that work? And it works like in a little, a little, I guess, little micro puzzles as you're going along. And I, I really enjoyed it. I it was I think it's especially nice because I had like a night where you know Lucas was screaming. He went to bed. I put on the headphones, and it's just like, oh, just I'm in, I'm in my place because there's nothing more relaxing than just like going for a nice peaceful swim in a creek or something, hearing like the, the water hit the rocks as you're like, you're going along. And um, I thought it was awesome. It's coming to PlayStation. It said at the end of the demo that it's coming to consoles. I assume that Switch. It's going to be awesome on Switch. You know, you just, you know, it's winter time here. Just rug up on the couch, put on the headphones and just just relax. So that's that's definitely something I put on my Steam wish list. And if it comes to Switch, I'll be picking it up there. Um. And another game called Nine Souls, which I had no idea what Nine Souls was, but it obviously takes inspiration from, I this is pretty pretty trite, but it definitely takes inspiration from Dark Souls and stuff like um, uh, Hollow Knight. It's Dark got, Souls of indie games. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> indie games are Dark Souls at the moment. That's just how many of them are around. But uh, I, I had no idea what to expect going into this game, but the art style struck me straight away. It's just... It's just really bright and colorful, hand-drawn art. And just watching that opening cinematic, I'm like, what is going on here? Like this guy, this like animal falls off a cliff and dies and gets resurrected. And like, what the hell's going on? And as I'm as I'm going through, like uh, just meeting the, the characters, uh, there's this little kid who says, oh, can you go and get the flower? Like get this flower for me. So you you platform up and take it off of this, this animal that... Uh, run away with it pretty much like okay i don't know really what i'm doing and you give it to the kid and then you're at just then he's at a sort of a festival where he's sacrificing himself to the gods and there's these sort of other kids next to him they walk onto this platform they get sucked up and they get get turned into goo 
and like, what the fuck? Like, I, I didn't know what I was playing. Like, I didn't know what I clicked on when I just downloaded the demo. But I'm like, what the hell? This is this is messed up. Um, but getting into the game, it very much works like a sort of Metroidvania game. Um, and it, it took a little while to get used to it. It's very much about parrying at the right time. Parrying is a massive sort of... Uh, important sort of mechanic in this game. When, when you pull off a successful parry, you can press one of the bumpers and you do a dash through your enemy and you hold it in and that basically puts like a, I guess, a bomb on your enemy and that allows you to do a lot more damage than just hitting with your sword. So sort of just mucking around with that, uh, that was a lot of fun just getting getting into that. And like I, the first time I died, it actually takes you to like the afterlife where it actually gives you an opportunity to experiment and learn the controls because typically in a game you dive and you go back to the exact same place you're like oh well yeah and you die again you die again but it gave you like a bit of a dummy character and there was this uh other character who gave you a bit of a tutorial you know you can ask him questions like so how do i do this how do i do that and you can just do it on a dummy then you go all right i've had enough and you go back so that helped out a lot i thought that was a pretty interesting mechanic and good tutorial system um but I didn't finish the demo. I sort of went, okay, you know, I've, I've had enough. I'm looking forward to it. It's coming out uh, next year on Switch and pretty much all platforms. I think in quarter two, it's set on Steam. So that's one I'm going to be keeping my eye out for. So I really enjoyed all those games that I played. Um, but my night sort of came to an end when I played Angerfoot. And Angerfoot, i got no idea whether it's coming to Switch or not, but this was in the Devolver Digital Showcase uh, a game when you just, you know, you balls to the wall, running, kicking through doors, picking up weapons. Um, in my playthrough, I picked up a gun and you can shoot a gun with the other trigger. And your left trigger is just using your foot, kicking doors, kicking enemies. And I, only, I played one level. It might have been 10 minutes, five minutes, but I had just absolutely mad motion sickness after playing it. I felt no. I felt real sick. I'm like, I can't play this anymore. And even the... So, Obviously, it's not a final product, but just like kicking the doors and kicking enemies, it just had no weight to it. It felt, it didn't feel all that, um, didn't feel all that impactful as far as the actual gameplay feel goes, and just uh, just how it made me feel. Like it made me feel, I was sick the next day. Like I hadn't, I, I hadn't felt that in a long time. I don't know whether it's because of uh, like my monitor or whatever, but I played. I've been playing other games first person, and they haven't been bothering me at all. But that one just something must have been off. I don't know what it was, but yeah, I felt awful. I don't know because I remember when I first got my Xbox 360 and I had a non HD TV. I think it might have been Bioshock or it might have been might have even been Call of Duty. One of them made me pretty sick, but I got used to it. But I think we're past that point now. I've been playing. <laughs> I've been playing plenty of those those types of games. So yeah, that's a it's a thumbs down from me. Um, unless uh, an updated demo or something comes out a bit later and I can give it a go. But yeah, no, not too impressed with, with Angerfoot, even though it looks pretty cool, like with the trailer and that, but yeah, sort of just a, just a big shrug off the shoulders for me, Angerfoot. Well, no good. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I've been playing on Steam. So a lot of those are coming to Switch, but have you been playing anything else that isn't Mario Strikers before we jump into that? Um. We're playing a lot of Sea of Thieves, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, so um, a bunch of a bunch of people that I've been streaming with and stuff like that, we uh, all got stuck around Sea of Thieves probably about a week or two back, week week or two back, maybe. 
Um, so I've been playing a lot of that and sort of getting into that and easing into that. And um, it's a pretty good game. Um, obviously, I'm coming in, coming into it quite late. Um, but it was definitely sort of sort of a redemption arc for Rare, considering how really mistreated they got as a studio for so many years. Um, and then to come out with a, a game like that is is pretty good. I think um, Sea of Thieves is it's one of those live service games that could always use improvements. Um, it's definitely not like the cleanest feeling system at times. And I know that it's because they have like this big map and they've got to maintain multiple people and the events that are going on in it and stuff like that. Um, and, but, but it doesn't always, it doesn't always feel the best. And I feel like they can always improve on that. Uh, but that being said, like the actual act of going around and being a pirate and, you know, looting sunken treasure or, you know, taking down, a bunch of ghosts or like, you know, you know, and then just going and looting at the end of the day and then picking up a bunch of new shiny shit for your, like for your pirate is, is, is fun. It's good. It's a lot mm. of fun. Um, and, uh, having different size ships and stuff like that is, uh, really fantastic. So it's been a lot of fun to play and especially it's been a lot of fun to stream because a lot of people that I'm streaming around are sort of, um, it's had a bit of a resurgence and like a lot of people sort of getting into it. So, I don't always have to be sort of just stuck with myself or, you know, the same the same people over and over again. Um, I can always switch it up if I wanted to. People are always interested in playing. So, um, yeah, it's been good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tried the game, like, the first week it came out. I had no friends to play with and I downloaded it, walked onto the ship. It's like, <laughs> put down the sails, turn them. Like, no, fuck that. And I turned it off. <laughs> I'm gonna be bothered doing all that work by myself. I might whatever, but that's de- it's definitely something I'd like to play. Um, um, just to muck around it, in. It's it's a lot of fun. It's it's a lot more fun with people. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but even just like from the perspective of like, uh, like, did you watch the last Pirates of the Caribbean movie that come out? Oh God, I haven't watched watched it in years. I might have. Um, it was it was the one with like uh, the guy that was like obsessed with catching Jack because he killed him when he was when when Jack was like a was was a youngin. Yeah, I got no idea, man. I can't remember. Yeah. Well, can't he does remember. a sick he does a sick fucking maneuver in that movie with the ship where he drops anchor at the right time, does like a full fucking like one hundred and eighty degree. Uh, sorry, a full three hundred. Well, no, one hundred and eighty degree turn. I fucking I've been like by dropping the anchor and like spinning the ship around, and you can pull off shit like that in in Sea of Thieves, and it's like really satisfying to pull off. Um, oh, cool. Uh, it's like if you if you get really good at mastering your ship, you can you can pull off some really crazy maneuvering and stuff like that. So, um, taking on NPCs and taking on other players can be a very challenging experience, or it can be a very, um, you know, difficult one. Um, mm. But it all depends on how well you work with your ship and how well you work together with your team. So, it's it's a lot of fun. I just think it's a lot better with people than it is on your own for sure. Yeah. So, what do I have to do to get on your crew? Oh, ask. <laughs> okay, I'm playing with I'm playing with a lot of people at the moment. It's not that hard. All right, can I be on your crew, Bryce? Yeah, you can you can jump on my ship. I, I got a I got a banjo kazooie ship. Oh, yeah. Is that an official thing they've got in there, or just like a custom fan made thing? Yeah, no, no, no. It's a, an official thing. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've I've got that uh, kicking, and I've been sailing the seven seas and just doing my thing. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. 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 All right, let's talk about the main one, Bryce. So Mario Strikers Battle League 
this is a game I've been asking for for a long time. We finally got it in the in the form of a, of a battle league. It's called battle league football here, Bryce. Don't know how to feel about that, but yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, do, do you have to? Do you have to call it football? Is it football? Seems to be. Um, seems to I don't know Wario and Bowser and that pick up the ball. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, how legit that is, but there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of actually just picking up the ball in strikers. <laughs> so it's a, it's a little bit of a divisive one, Bryce. So I'm looking at Metacritic here, and it's sitting at a 74 from the critics, but a user score is 4.2. So there's a it's a massively diverse uh, sort of range of opinion here. It's developed by Next Level Games. And I want to sort of uh, get your get your take on it. We've been looking forward to this game for a long time. Um, yeah. The previous Mario sports games have not really impressed us that much. We've got our fun out of them, but certainly haven't been haven't running off to the masses to just shout yeah. how great they are. But Mario mm-hmm. Strikers, this, is, this has a little bit more sentimental value to us too. Really enjoyed Strikers Charged on the, uh, on the Wii. We didn't really play much of the GameCube one, but the GameCube one was a lot of fun too when we played it. So, yeah. What do you reckon, Bryce? Well, see, Mario uh, Mario Golf had a lot of sentimentality to me as well, but they kind of just fucked it up. Yeah, well. Do you know what I mean? Um, I, and yeah, like, in, in this case, I feel like they fucked it up less, but it still <laughs> suffers a lot of the same issues. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I think, like, here's the thing, is like, uh, Striker's Charge is a really good game, and I think this, at its core is also a really good game. I think like the actual potential for play and stuff like that is really good. And I like being able to customize your characters to sort of fit more towards your needs and stuff like that. And I think that's all well and great. And I think like it's a recipe for a good game at its core. However, I'm sick to death. And this is why the user score, the user score would be so fucking low. And it's because I'm sick of this whole treatment with the sports games as if they need to be a live service game that you're paying directly up front for. It's yeah. really stupid. It's just like, oh, look, you, you're going to... Like, a lot of people were pissed off because there was no Daisy, so that would have contributed to the score drop. <laughs> but, yeah, like, at the same time, I'm just like, yeah, okay, that's stupid. But at the same time, why wasn't Daisy there? What what was the point? Why why did you just remove Daisy from that lineup? What was the point of that? Um, it made no sense. Why? Uh, so I guess just no Daisy allowed, uh, and we sort of just had to push on forward. Um, I think the game in its gameplay elements is solid, um, and it's definitely Strikers, and I appreciate it for what it is. Um, do I think it's better in the gameplay department than Charged, which was like our baby? Um, I don't think it was better, but I do like how there's more room for technicality. Definitely, yeah. Um, which, which I think, which I think in itself creates more interesting plays, but it it also creates a larger learning curve. Um, so I'm really going to have to like play a lot more to sort of get into that. Um, a lot of people have seemed to just picked it up like pretty much from the get go, and they're really good at it, um, which is great. But it also means that I need to practice a lot more. Um, but the lack of content whether it be from character perspective or uh, just like solo experiences is really dumbfounding. Um, It really shouldn't be that low on the ball at all. It should just be full on, you know, chock with like little challenges and stuff like that you can do. And then like 
there's a lot of like old um sports titles that sort of did this exact same thing but then had like a bit more of an action order to follow to like unlocking additional things and stuff like that but now we just don't have that anymore and it is just like here is currency and you earn this currency then you can buy things you want with this currency it doesn't feel that important um and it doesn't feel like i'm working towards things when the currency is only giving me like 10 coins at a time and it's kind of whatever um but uh what else uh i feel like i feel like there's always room to have like at least some kind of a story mode in these things and mario golf did it but it was also pretty bare bones yeah um and like i i feel like you could do something with strikers battle league as artistic and like as grungy as like historically it's been um i feel like um i feel like there was always room there for something to do for like some sort of a story but it just never happened um the other thing the last thing i have a problem with i suppose is that that grunginess while it's still there it's lost a bit of its touch i don't know if you felt that oh yeah you could tell that from the first trailer but it just wasn't as balls to the wall just like kill each other get that ball in the goal like it's still there like bowser's obviously still just nailing people into the electric fence on the side and all of that but definitely doesn't have as much attitude and that might be just you know a bit of a tap on the shoulder from higher ups at nintendo being like hey turn turn it down a little bit got a lot of a lot of people buying this game yeah i think that's its biggest problem like you know it was it might it might have been balls to the wall before and it might have been like a bit more on the side of like I guess non-family friendly, but I'd never thought I'd I never would have like gone to you and just been like, "Strikers is not a family-friendly game, and your kid not kid should not play it." <laughs> like, it's 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 never been like that, and like losing a bit of that personality where the Mario characters are sort of being a bit more rambunctious and like sort of aggressive and stuff like that when it comes to this sport of aggressive soccer like it's hyper aggressive soccer which you're already beating each other up <laughs> do you know like i feel like them tossing that out the window a bit was was really sort of like a, a, sh- a shitty move honestly um i still think it's fine but it's just disappointing that it's taken quite a revert in personality as well yeah i mean like just overall it's a really sort of weird game to um, sort of put your criticism on because I think at the core of it, so, yeah. like over the weekend, I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, it was the long weekend here in Australia and my friend Dan and uh, Tom from Kraken Furfies uh, came over and we had a great time playing it with one another. It was a lot of fun. I think the mechanics hold up really well. I think just uh, how the game runs is great. Digital Foundry, uh, Foundry actually did a pretty good analysis on the game. It runs at 60 frames and holds up pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. there's a few sort of loading screens and that I'm like, why is that so low res? Like, you know, the characters at the start of a match before it goes into the kickoff. I'm like, why does it look like this? Why isn't it more crisp? Cause the rest yeah. of the game is, I don't know why the, just the, the still image is just blurry. I don't know. It just throws me off every single time I jump into a game, but I think the, the core mechanics are there and even, even like the cups that you do, it's very basic, but I know it sort of plays the role of what you want and, also, I think the club feature as well, 
we we don't know just yet because the season hasn't started, but you can make your own clubs with up to 20 members in them. Um, we do have a space in the House of Mario Club, so please come and join us. We've got nine spaces left for you to come and dominate every other club in existence. Before 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 pushing on with that, actually, that is one thing it did have over literally every other sports game that's come out, mm. and that is a functional online tournament system. Um, ready to thank go. God, because yeah. yeah, without the clubs, this would have been like this is this is a fucking disaster. This is eighty dollar foosball <laughs> at this point, and that's sort of, that's sort of where I want to you know put this conversation just. Like, we all know 80 bucks Australian is sort of the admission fee to get into Nintendo games, whether it's Mario Odyssey, whether it's Mario Golf. Um, I know Smash Brothers and uh, Breath of the Wild are $90, so a little bit more, but you can probably tell why those games are a step above. <laughs> but, you know, typically we 80 bucks is the price that we pay to get into these games. And I think it's just because it's been two times in a row we've had Nintendo Switch Sports and Mario Strikers that both been like... Here is barely any game, but we will update it, we promise. And it's it's especially frustrating because Nintendo was the publisher we looked at and was like, you know, you're getting day one patches for Ubisoft games and, you know, a lot of these publishers are relying on updates to sort of, you know, fix their games when they get released. And that's either for better or for worse, depending on how your internet is and all that, whether you care about having to update when you put the disc in. But with a game like Strikers, it needs to be on the cartridge and put it in. It's like, all right, let's play some soccer. Let's do some modes. Let's have fun with a bit of variety. Um, But it just isn't there. You're just doing the same game again and again, and you can sort of influence your stats of your characters with gear. But that's about as much as the variety comes. And a game like Strikers, it just needs more variety. I, I don't... I feel like... You mentioned a story mode. I don't I don't need a story mode for Mario Strikers. I don't think they could have made it very interesting. Even like FIFA, like the story modes, like, all right, we get it. He's a professional. He's going through the thing, whatever. But just like, just a bit of variety in the modes. They could have, um, like, even in the tutorial, it's like, all right, utilize all of these things we taught you. So you like do this many passes, do have, score this many goals, do this many chips. And they could have done like uh, little missions where it's like, do these four things in one game. And that's something to sort of do in your free time, you know, pull off, like do this many hyper strikes. Okay. That's, that's a cool little challenge to do. They could have done stuff similar to maybe what they ask you to do in uh, Mario Kart DS with those mission modes. Um, we just got to pull off certain things. So that could have been cool. It could have been other things where it's like a mushroom is always on. So it's all super fast characters running around everywhere. And those sort of features, they're not, brand new assets they're just putting in different varieties to play the game in and i i got no sort of faith that stuff like that is going to come in updates i feel like they're going to be concentrating on characters and they could add another 20 characters to strikers and that's not really going to help with the content i don't really feel like um only having 10 characters is that big a deal if you're missing your favorite character you're going to feel differently but as far as like the actual game goes i think having I guess a choice of four out of 10 characters for your team is, is okay. Could definitely do with more, but that's not the main problem with the game at the moment. And just the user score, I've got to sort of agree with some of the sort of criticism people are putting on, <laughs> on, um, on their reviews, just basically saying like full price game and it's very bare bones. And 
it sh- that shouldn't be the case. Maybe if they want to make a game like this, and it would be great if they could offer it for 50 bucks, 30 bucks cheaper or something. I think like that would be a good way to go, but also it gets a I bit feel- gets a bit muddled up when Nintendo's asking different prices for different games, but I feel like this game is copying it more than the other two though. Yeah, I think people are fed up. I think that's mainly what the gist of it is and is is it people being fed up though or is it people like having roots in tennis and golf being long-term franchises and not and people not really investing much in strikers like ever. Because the first one that ever came out was on GameCube, which was already a niche console as it was. And then you got Strikers Charge, which did, which didn't sell well because it's not an in-house Nintendo game, and they're not going to push that shit as hard as they would um, anything else. And now all of a sudden, eyes are on Strikers, and people who traditionally love Strikers are like, "This is a fucking good sports game." Uh, Strikers is easily one of their best sports games, got some of the best characteristics, whatever. And yeah, it has come out bare bones, right? I'm like, I'm not defending it, right? That's not what the point of this is. But I feel like, um. Like with golf and tennis, they didn't have functional online. <laughs> they didn't have functional online at launch. I went good. Uh, there was no tournament system, whatever you know. And get games in its predecessory, like uh, like Toadstool Tour and it was Toadstool Tour or whatever the fuck it was on 3ds. Uh, some of like that, yeah. Might Toadstool yeah. Tour wasn't that the GameCube one, but yeah, maybe it was. Yeah. Okay, uh, Mushroom. See, the thing is, like, yeah, with Mario Golf, I really, I wasn't interested in golf games pretty much until this one came out. So I didn't play that much. I actually went and bought the 3DS one from EB Games when I saw it there. So I've got that, I've got that copy to play because apparently that, that, that had functional online. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Functional online. Which makes no sense. <laughs> and, and, and it was like online that you could play at your own pace too. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like yeah. you had to all be online at the same time. You just had to like, you know, make your shots when you could. Yeah, and like, how, um, how perfect is that? That's fucking, it's it's fantastic. Yeah. But like, Mario Golf didn't even have that. Yeah, and, and that, it was it was kind of just like, what what the fuck? And then Mario Tennis, like, it had a story mode with like additional challenges and stuff like that. And I think that's great. But like, it was a sports game with no online. <laughs> and I had online, but, but I don't know how robust it was. Not, I can't remember not, now. You know, it wasn't robust at all. It was fucking like really, really half-assed. Like mm. people wanted, you don't, you don't play sports games online for friendlies. It's just not what it's not. What it's, <laughs> it's, it's serious. Yeah. It's, comp- they're competitive. They're all competitive. Look at FIFA. Like people don't fucking go online to play casual FIFA. That's not something that happens. People play that competitively. And that's, that. that's like, it's not going to be any different for a Mario game. Like people don't go, go on to smash like, they don't go into fucking Smash. They don't go online to fucking play for fun. They absolutely don't. <laughs> Nobody fucking plays for fun. They all play for glory. Are you oh. kidding? People want to. People want to stroke their fucking egos. Okay. Like, yeah. Point. Well. Yeah, that's why they get rid of the for fun and for glory. Everyone's like, everyone's just fucking for glory. No one's playing with this item bullshit. Literally, nobody wants to fucking do that. Like, so, it, th- but that's the thing. It's just like that's. I want to play is. for fun. I'm not good enough for glory, so I'll, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good before fun these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but how often do you fucking play Smash Online? Yeah, well, I don't because even the for fun they probably beat me too. <laughs> and even 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 when you do play Smash Online, you you jump into you jump into privatized lobbies with people, and they're playing with fucking four glory rules. You can't fucking bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I pretty much jump in your streams these days. Just jumping in for Smash Brothers that way. 
exactly. Which uh, tomorrow tomorrow night I'm supposed to be doing that as well. So okay. Yeah. So if you're listening yeah. to this uh, the night the podcast goes out, go and check out Bryce. Play some Smash yeah, with him. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go play some Smash. But um, yeah, that that's the thing. It's just like. This at least has functional online and I'm waiting to see how the season starts and stuff like that and sort of see how it accumulates. We work together as a club and and what have you. But I don't feel like in terms of actually what it is, it's been any worse than the other two, but it seems to get a bash the most. And like, I know that it's probably like, it's partially because it's like the third time in a row, but I feel like people were more willing to make excuses for tennis and golf. Mm. Than they are than they are strikers because a lot more new people are coming into strikers. Um, I don't think the game is bad functionally. I think the game is fine functionally. Mm. I just think it it suffers suffers problems that the other two sports games already did. Um, but like functionally, golf, uh, golf is fine with button controls, but it's fucking motion controls that just anus. I hate them. I never tried them. I just assumed that's something they, I want to they, stay away from. <laughs> no, because because it was I was expecting like it, it's an arcade fucking golf game. It's not Tiger Woods PGA Tour 2022. I I just wanted a simple okay, all right, make my selections, whack the ball like Wii Sports. But no, it's got like you like line up, you, you like line it up on the TV and just like going to try track like every fucking little jitter that you do, and you go to swing the fucking golf club and you miss the ball, uh. or you fucking hit it in an awkward angle and it goes fucking flying off into the like. It fucking it was it was it's an arcade fucking it's it's a fucking Mario Golf game. It's not fucking PGA. God, we're getting it's you just, rallied up, man. Getting the fucks out of you, jeez. But that, that's what I mean. It was like half the game, like mm. half the game that I would have wanted it for. Unfortunately, it just fucking like fell to the wayside. I think it's fun with button controls, but like the motion controls absolutely pissed me off. And then like was, there was just with with tennis, like there was a lot of neat things in this in the single player. But then, like in the online multiplayer, until they actually started offering rewards and shit like that, it was just pointless. I think that's where my biggest concern is going to be at the moment um, with uh, strikers, actually, because like with um, with tennis and golf, they were like, "Oh, play so many matches and you get like different colored Yoshi's," or "Play so many matches and you get like fucking blooper as a character in Mario Tennis or some bullshit." But like in this, what are they gonna what are they gonna be offering? Are they gonna be like play this? You you gonna have to play fifty matches to get Daisy, otherwise you just don't get her. It's like, oh yeah, I'm not sure. I don't don't think they <laughs> I don't think they will for this, but it probably will be skins and stuff like that. And there's also one. Uh, I was really surprised as well, just with the clubs and the amount of like customizability with them. And I know this was in a trailer, but you can like you know choose your your home ground. You can customize the goals, the pitch the crowd you can upgrade like each stadium so multiple times and that's all through your currency that your club is earning as a collective yeah, and yeah. and the, just to i guess concentrate on some of the positives i think the club sort of aspect is really cool it's it gives yeah, me it's exactly what i wanted from mario golf mario golf i wanted to do some holes i wanted to say oh look bryce beat me on this this course i'm going to try again and beat bryce and then yeah, it puts me up right. the leaderboard. It just needs simple leaderboards. That's all I was asking from Mario Golf. That would have made that game something I would be still playing today if there was leaderboards or tournament system where you didn't have to be playing all at the same time. That's all I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't there. Uh, but with the clubs, um, I'm really enjoying just sort of, you know, having the sort of banter in our Discord community and sort of, uh, you know, 
earning the currency. So you, you can just like play by yourself and you earn money that goes towards your club and then we can make purchases and stuff like that. I think um, it works really well and I'm looking forward to seeing how just like the ranking system works once uh, the, the actual season starts because the season was still like nine days off at the time of launch. So yeah, I'm, I'm keen to see how that works. I'm sure it'll work as advertised, I assume. But just online play as well. Online play seems to be working pretty well. A little bit laggy, but depends on... I notice a lot of the times when it's a bit laggy, it's because someone's playing in handheld mode because you can see what controller they're using and they're like Wi-Fi symbols, like one bar. So they must be in bed away from their router or something <laughs> when they're playing online. So I don't know if that's got anything to do with it, but it seemed to work work fine enough for me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think, I think I had a pretty, pretty common experience. I think it's been pretty all right. Um, it's definitely nowhere near as problematic as something like Smash Bros or what have you. I think it's I think it's pretty straight cut, straightforward. Works alright. Yeah, that's what it needs to. Yeah. So we're gonna play a little bit, a little bit more. See what this uh, sort of club feature is once uh, once everything gets turned on for it, and we'll do a bit of a proper review discussion about the game later mm-hmm. on on Encore of the House of Mario. Put our final thoughts out there, but I think for the most part, really enjoying it. There's a lot missing yeah. from it, and I just feel a little bit weird saying, "Go and pick it up for eighty bucks." Don't know if I'm that comfortable saying that to someone who, you know, only picks up a few games a year. They're definitely not not going to get their value out of this um, no. compared to another game on Switch. Like for example, Fire Emblem um, Three Hopes comes out. You're going to get a lot more gameplay out of that if that's up your alley. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, and that, that that's the thing is like when we've got so much coming up, and we know what, what's coming up. Is it, is it really something you're going to buy if you're not already invested mm. in in strikers? Like, yeah, and it's hard. Personally, to say, it's something I would. Yeah, but. it's hard to say too because we were so excited for strikers, and I think just gameplay wise, we're happy. But yeah, come on, Nintendo, just put more content in your games. You're starting just to piss them out, just like nothing. No, it's a bit not not it's getting not frustrating. Just- not just put more content in your games. Just fucking like let your sports games do what they want. Stop making this time-gated fucking content bullshit that makes you think that is going to keep the uh, community active because that's what it is, right? They're, they're releasing at bare bones, then releasing content in the hopes that people just be like, oh, look, Daisy's coming out this month. I better play a whole bunch of strikers. So it keeps the online going, which means that their servers are actually being used. But the problem is, is that that doesn't fucking work if people don't want to buy the game in the first place. Definitely, so yeah. you need to fucking you need to put enough content in the game to let people make that decision to buy the game at all first. And then once you've done that, yeah, sure, add more content. But obviously obviously there's not enough in there. People are very, very divisive about this game. I think like a lot I think a lot of the reception is is that the gameplay is fine, but there's fucking nothing to do with it. Yeah, unless you got like if you don't have people sitting on the couch with you too, you're gonna get a lot less uh, enjoyment out of it. Yeah, yeah, because that was that's what Strikers Charge was mm. for us. Yeah. yeah, no, we had a lot of great memories of that one. Remember, like, um, like uh, the completionist did um, a Strikers Charge, a Strikers Charged episode, mm. and he was like, the one fucking problem with the Strikers Charged is that it's such a fucking good game. <laughs> But it's the only problem. It's too good. The, you can't, you can't fucking find. You'll never find anybody online for it ever, 
even mm. when it, even when it was relevant, it was hard enough to find people online mm. because the game is just not it's just not supported as much as it would as much as tennis or golf would be because it's not in house. Yeah, because with Strikers Charge, like the different stadiums had different like terrain and different effects and all yeah. of that, where it's all like when I think about it, I don't know if I want want that. It's hectic enough as it is, but they definitely had a I, lot more variety. It's it's good as a competitive soccer game. I think it's great. And like in the age of like, you know, FIFA is fucking, you know, gone out the window and then now renaming it and like all this bullshit. And like my fucking comments about like, oh, we need a fucking strikers because FIFA's shit. I still stand by that sentiment. I think fucking strikers is way more fun. But like, why the fuck does it have to be so bare bones? Come on. Come on, Nintendo. Come on. All right. Want to move on to the news, bros? Sure. Is that all? I fight for my friends. My body is still. So I. The fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Bryce has a soundboard now, too. I'm just. Oh, no, he's got too much power. Taco Bell Bong. There you go. So I, I had to mention this because, uh, you know, who knows? It might turn true, but, you know. There's been a rumor, Bryce, for a Nintendo Direct, and there's been a lot of rumors this month. But I only bring this up because there might be a little little bit of uh, leverage to it. So Alana Pierce, she mentioned on one of her streams that there was going to be a Nintendo Direct on the 29th of June. And she's quoted for saying, is there a Nintendo Direct announced? No, I believe there is a Nintendo Direct coming on the 29th. I don't know that that's been announced. You heard it here first. Let me check. I've written it down. The 29th. Yeah, the 20, June 29th. Nintendo Direct. It's not technically a leak because Nintendo didn't tell me, which is how I make that call. But I'm not leaking anything that's in it, which is uh, why I think it's shitty. So, yeah, I, I only bring this up because Alana Pierce, I... Like unlike a lot of these people that have you know quote unquote Nintendo Direct leaks, which turn out to be nothing, she's not looking for any sort of credibility or clout. I think she is saying this because she she actually heard this from someone that she believes is in the know. So apart from that, I'm just bringing that up. I don't have to talk about it too much, but just on our point before, we don't. I don't. I don't understand why people are always like. It, don't get me wrong. It's a lot of fun, Nintendo Directs. When one gets announced, fantastic. Let's get into hype mode, speculation mode. What's coming out? What's going to be announced? But if if, if they got nothing that if they got nothing to say at the moment, just let it be. Play some games on your Switch already. I'm sure this, something's out on your PlayStation. Go and play that. Maybe go and play The Simpsons Hit and Run on PC. You know, <laughs> 2003. Right. Relive it, man. I loved it. Um. I think it's I think it's really weird that Alana is the one sort of chucking in the sense about this though. Yeah, it was so just blase too. She's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, no, 29th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of this. Yeah, <laughs> so like, what, what the fuck? Like someone who probably asked that on a, on her stream is like, oh, "When's a Nintendo Direct?" And she says that probably like, "Oh fuck, I wasn't expecting anything from that." Well, guess we guess we need to expect a Nintendo Direct then. Okay, yeah. boys, let's go. Get into hype mode. If it doesn't happen, just uh, rip someone a new butthole. Uh, look, whether it, like I'm, I'm of the full belief that something will still happen because it's, 
uncharacteristic and there's way too much big shit coming out to not talk about it. Um, but a lot of the stuff that's already going to be there, like we just know, we, we already know what's coming. Yeah, we know a lot of it. Definitely. Hopefully I like my, my only hope is just like uh, one more big game. That's like a Mario game or whatever it is. I don't know, but it's just, it's missing that just one bigger thing just from the last couple of years. You know, we haven't had that, just that one game, which is like, oh, I cannot wait. Breath of the Wild is, uh, Breath of the Wild 2 is one of them, but that's a little way off. I would like something, just that one bit more, but realistically, I'm not really asking for too much. I think recent, recently I picked up a whole heap of stuff on Switch, a lot of stuff coming to PS5 that I'm looking forward to, picked up a bunch of games on Steam sales and that. So I'm just not really that hungry for brand new games, but obviously we'll be playing them, we'll be, we'll be behind them when they, when they get announced and come out. But they are, Drew. They'll be ravenous. They're like, where's my Nintendo Switch games? <laughs> yeah. Um, but we might see a brand new Fire Emblem game, Bryce. There's been one that's been leaked. And just from the dot points, um, it's been actually screenshot shown as well. So it's actually pretty, potentially pretty likely. Who knows? It's, it was the same thing with... Um... Same thing with the, uh, there's been videos going around of like Sprigatito's Final Evolution and stuff too, though. There's a lot of, oh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going around at the moment, and I don't know how trustworthy it actually it is because, like, it's like all of a sudden it's just all come out of the woodwork at the same time. Like, oh, here's Fire Emblem, now here's more, here's Pokemon. It's like, cool. So, is there just a guy that's like fucking walked in at Nintendo headquarters? It's just like, can I see what you're working on here? Let me just take a good old video of it. Uh, thanks, mate. See you later. Oh, come on. What the fuck? Yeah, I mean, like, Pokemon's pretty likely to, to leak. Maybe this early. So, holy shit, that's, that's unfortunate. But Fire Emblem, who knows? But let's go over the dock points that are actually listed here. So, what they can share about the new Fire Emblem game is that it's a new game, not a remake with a brand new story. It's in collaboration with Intelligent Systems, Koei Tecmo, and Gust. And Gust is a division of Koei Tecmo, and they actually work on the Atelier games, which I was talking about uh, a couple of weeks ago. So, And honestly, Gust working on sort of the, I guess, the graphical side of things, they make really nice-looking graphics for Switch. So I'm glad that they're working on it. I think they look quite nice. Um, Gust is heavily associated with the visuals and graphics, like I said. Um, and apparently it's an improvement over Three Houses, that's, uh, I guess, subjective, but who knows when we see the game. Uh, originally intended for as an anniversary game to celebrate Fire Emblem's 30th anniversary. The game has been finished for over a year. And that's the the point that I was actually surprised about. If this is true and there's been a Fire Emblem game just in, on the back burner waiting for the, the perfect time to strike, uh, yeah, it's interesting that it be get announced or come out this year. But honestly, I don't see any room for a for, uh, Fire Emblem this year. Just with no. like Xenoblade Chronicles and everything that's coming out, I don't know where Fire Emblem sort of is necessary to fit in. I but, think it'll be next year. Yeah, I think it will be too. Like even if it is finished, um, yeah, it's just I really don't see the need for it. I think sort of uh, that niche has been sort of filled up, but who knows? What yeah. people really need to understand about like Nintendo or like your favorite gaming company and stuff like that is that like even if they say this game has been finished for eight year, timing is it's like timing of sale is such an important and integral part to a game's success that it's it's like beyond it. 
right? Mm. It, it, it's like if they sold this shit while Zelda's out, if they're like, like you know, like half a week until Zelda, they're like, oh, let's just drop Fire Emblem here. And then like Zelda comes out. That game is not going to fucking sell. Sorry. It's not going to happen. Do you know what I mean? So like, yeah, it might be finished for a year and they'll probably, ho- they could hold on to it for fucking two more. It's like a fine wine, you know, a video game just ages fantastically. Well, no, it's just like on a system like the Switch, it's all going to fucking look like shit anyway. Because <laughs> like, so who gives us a fuck? Yeah, it's true. not going to change anything. Like it, yeah. it's, it's, it's not fucking, it's not like uh, Xbox and PlayStation where they're sort of like, you know, as, as years goes on, they find ways to, um, I guess, push the system even further uh, to make things look even more impressive by the time the like the end of the console's life hits it's like with the switch this 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 hardware in any other box um is technically already years old they they can already sort of hit their limits and that was already that was already like obvious proof with breath of the wild on launch day right like getting anything like that working on a tablet in that day and age was just like holy fuck and then like you know um give it a couple years down the track and Genshin Impact comes out. It's essentially the same thing, but it's working on a mobile phone. Mm. And that's not even push it's not even pushing the limits. It's like you know, at the end of the day, um the Switch was already pushing some of its limits from day one. And like Breath of the Wild 2, it's gonna be in the similar situation of like it'll probably push its limits a little bit more than what the first one did. But it's probably not going to be like, wow. Look at this fucking tree. It's got 17 apples on it and a Korok, three Koroks sitting in it. And it's like, no, it's not. It's not. No way. No. So do you feel like you're excited for a new Fire Emblem game? Do you feel the need for one? Personally, I don't know. I'm not. too soon. Yeah, I don't know if it's too soon, but I guess we do have a new Fire Emblem game next week, technically from Koei Tecmo with uh, the Warriors, Fire Emblem Warriors, Three Hopes. I think that's a momentum thing, but the biggest thing with Fire Emblem, well, the the biggest thing with Nintendo's big hitters uh, being like in each genre is that uh, Fire Emblem is obviously like their strategy big hitter now. Um, mm. But it would have been a shorter time between Fire Emblem games than it would have been Zelda. I think they could just spend more time putting more effort into it. And like... You know, there's other things that I'm hoping for when it comes to this fucking Nintendo Direct, but like a lot of them are not just like, here's a fucking huge new game, like fucking Fire Emblem or something like that coming out. I'm not expecting it and I don't really think it needs it right now. Um, I think Three Houses is a fucking, was a fucking great game and I think there's still a lot of people that need to play Three Houses. Uh, but unfortunately, like, you know, it's just... Yeah, all of a sudden, it's just like, here's another Fire Emblem game, brand new Fire Emblem game. It's just like, for some reason, it's leaked in China. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I'm really looking forward to Three Hopes, actually. Just uh, having that sort of story just remixed and look with a di- different outcome, but in the Warriors gameplay, because I don't know, I probably really appreciate that world, just being able to hack and slash and do the strategy just a bit more lightly and putting troops in certain places and all that. I've got the demo downloaded, but this week I feel like I might just wait until the full game and not worry about the demo, but we'll see how we go later on in the week and if I get to it or not. But are you are you going to pick it up, you reckon? 
No, not straight away. Not straight away. Um, we were having this talk about it in the Discord actually, but um, you know, there's like there's it's either seven or eight Warriors games on Switch now. Jeez. It's like heat. That's <laughs> fuck tons. Yeah. Two of them are Hyrule Warriors. Two of them are Hyrule Warriors. Two of them are Fire Emblem Warriors. Then you've got Samurai Warriors. Then you've got Warriors Orochi Four. Then you've got Dynasty Warriors Nine, Nine or Eight. One of the two. Um, and then you've got Persona Five Scramble. So I suppose that's eight. Mm. There's just shit tons. There's fucking shit tons of Musou games. And you know what? I buy all of them because I like Musou. Um, there's a lot of people in our community that aren't a fan of like that whole just like oh, I'm gonna hack and slash and stuff like that. But um, I think it's very important to sort of like recognize that um, while it's not awesome uh, and there's it's definitely an oversaturated market on the Switch, um, we wouldn't have stuff like Age of Calamity if it weren't for that like that developer being there. If I'm honest, it's like a, yeah. It's just it's awesome for Koei because just being able to take over IP and make them into a Warriors game, put the skins over <laughs> over essentially their gameplay systems and Bob's your uncle. I think it's, it's awesome for that. And you can sort of see franchises in different lights because like for me, I think uh, having a Fire Emblem game like that, I think it's really great because I love the story, the characters, the world. But when I get to like the battles, I'm like, I kind of just want to fast forward through them, to be honest. I want to get back to the to the academy and talk to all the characters and strengthen the relationships <laughs> to all that stuff. But, but like when it comes to like uh, like Age of Calamity, for example, in that lineup, um, it's it's obvious that the moment that they said they were doing the sequel, that they were going to need to round out the story completely, which they couldn't do without going into the past. And there was no fucking way they were going to fit three Breath of the Wild games on Switch. Yeah, no, with how long it takes to make. Mm. So it's just like, you get Koei to make a Warriors game. First of all, it makes sense because it's in the midst of a big war. Yeah, right? no, perfect setting. Yeah, per- Perfect setting for them to do a big fucking hack and slash game. Uh, second of all, it allows the team who are developing the sequel to actually just work on the sequel. And then, you know, at the end of the day, you still get your, uh, you still get your three titles in the series. Um, the unfortunate thing is though, is that there are people that don't like Musou games and they'll have to deal with it if they want the full story. Um, but in saying that it simply wouldn't exist without the Musou game. Because they won't, they wouldn't have the time, and like that's the case with the Three Hopes, right? They would not make a second fucking Three Houses game just to fill the time because they don't have the time for it, and there's no point. Um, they already tried to do that with Fate and having three fucking different games, and it didn't really go well at all. Like, I think people think they're fine enough Fire Emblem games, but it didn't do this. It didn't have the same effect that it did with. Um, fucking fire emblem awakening yeah the the pokemon uh, the pokemonification of fire emblem where it's like all right so i'm hardcore what version do i have to play again <laughs> or i want a lighter experience which one do i play that was sort of the well, weirder aspect because since they were so different it's like all right which one do i actually play <laughs> yeah yeah that's right it wasn't yeah. like pokemon where like you could just pick one and then like at the end of the day it was just like oh so the the correct option was to wait like a year down the track when they released the third version that pretty much had both of them. 
Well, it was in like the special edition that you got the third one. Like you couldn't even buy it by itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was right. which was just like it's really frustrating now. But the eShop's going down, so the price of that special edition with that third version is uh, you know, you're going to be playing paying a pretty penny if you want to play a bit of a. I think it's just like a combination of two or a little bit no, harder. You, I can't remember exactly what the third one was. You can choose to not pick either side. So oh, the whole that's point, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. The whole the whole point of the two games was you picked side, but mm. the third version you could pick either or you could pick none. And do your own thing. So it was basically an entire third game. Pretty um, much, it kind of is kind of what free houses is. You know, you got three paths to go down, have fun. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. But it's in it's in one game. It's not as it probably should have been. Yeah, it's not separated between three. And then like that's that's the thing is there's three options in one game, right? You're already going to be playing that game three times. So what the fuck is the point of the developer wasting their time and spending another? set of time developing another game in the three houses universe that is just an alternate story like there's no point they might as well just make the next fire emblem game because it's going to interest more people moving on to the next big fire emblem game with like new things to sort of settle in and stuff like that and you can just get koei to do a fucking warriors game that changes the story up mm. a bit and gives you more you know time in the world without having to worry about it's it's obvious they love doing them because there's so many of them now <laughs> i love doing them it it strengthens the the bank <laughs> well it's it's the thing it's just like you might as well just let them keep doing it um it it provides more stuff uh for the worlds you love might not be potentially in the gameplay style that you prefer but it wouldn't it simply wouldn't exist without it so it's either you consume it or you don't. And that's entirely up to you, realistically. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm looking forward to the, the game coming out later this week anyway. So we'll see if it's good, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Mm. Um, moving on, we got a, a bit of a leak from Square Enix. We did have sort of a taste of this from the uh, NVIDIA leak uh, a little while ago, but on the PlayStation Store, uh, Tactics Ogre Reborn was leaked. And I bring this up just because it's been a sort of a game a lot of people have been looking forward to just having a, a remaster of from the PSP. But also we're having some Square Enix games that, you know, haven't been announced in a, you know, a sea of announcements. So typically Square Enix likes to sort of announce these strategy games at a Nintendo Direct. We've seen it plenty of times before. And uh don't know, might happen later this month. Might be something to... Some credibility to Nintendo hosting in their own event. Who knows? But have you been a fan of the tactics games, Bryce? I don't think you have been, but it's something no. about something that I've been lo- wanting to give a go a little bit. But I'm looking forward to uh, actually Digimon Survive in uh, late uh, July. That's what I'm looking forward to as far as that type of game goes. But yeah, we'll s- yeah, we'll see if it's real. Well, All right. A lot of things from that list has come real. Mm, yeah, it's insane. <laughs> All like uh, Square Enix uh, leaks, like, you know, even, uh, was it uh, Kingdom Hearts 4 (laughs) was on there. Like, all the Square Enix games have pretty much been announced by now. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Yeah. All right, just kind of an interesting tidbit from um, an interview about Pokemon Red and Blue. Uh, It's just like the multiplayer battles were included at the last minute, which is just kind of baffling to think about. But uh, this is an article from Nintendo Life and the article reads, 
We can't really think about Pokemon without battling other players uh, with our friends, whether it's battling, trading, or exploring secret bases, playing and sharing experiences with others feels like a vital aspect of the series. Yet one of these features was almost not included with the original Pokemon Red and Blue. Multiplayer battles have become pretty much their own thing nowadays with competitions worldwide and the availability availability of Wi-Fi online battling, but Game Freak almost didn't program it into the game. The Pokemon Red and Blue was a step away from the action games that... Action games? Interesting way of describing Pokemon. Uh, game Freak uh, uh, used to make. Um, in a recent video from Did You Know Gaming, an interview unearthed from the 1999 Pokedex book reveals that producer uh, 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 Morimoto was concerned that battling other players would be difficult to program and also just wasn't interested. Quote, uh, The president wanted us to implement battling for a, a while, but I personally didn't find the idea very interesting and just thought it would be a pain to program laughs. Uh, it looked like we would run out of time and we would have to scrap the battling feature, but Nintendo made it clear that they wanted battle battles in the game, so we had to make it happen. Nintendo, however, stepped in as the big, big end was funding the production of the game. Game Freak had little choice to add it. Initially, the company programmed it so the battles were more like exhibitions, where you watched your Pokemon fight and you had no input. But Nintendo rejected this idea, so they had to push through at the last second. Quote, So just as fought, well, no choice then. It had to be done. And early battles were something that you just watched. You would uh, just see there was a battle and who won and who lost. Kind of like a Tamagotchi now I think of it. Uh, we showed that to Nintendo and the surveys we got back, it looked boring. Laughs. I guess they were right and we were cutting it close to the deadline, trying to add in battles that uh, that the player commands ultimately everybody wanted. So we got to work with the link cable and made it a reality. So we ended there. Bryce, could you imagine Pokemon without battling in the original Red and Blue? And I do like... a lot of the purpose. <laughs> yeah, and the, the way it sounds is like... Remember back to our Digimon Tamagotchi days where... For those that don't know, which is probably everyone, I dare say, because we haven't said it before, <laughs> I don't think, but we pretty much became friends over Digimon Tamagotchis in the schoolyard. I remember saying to my friends, like, oh, is there anyone else who we can battle? And they pointed out, like, there's those guys over there. So we went over there and like it was like you and two other people and we linked Digimon Tamagotchis and we're battling and all that type of thing. And I absolutely loved those days. I'm very nostalgic about the Digimon Tamagotchis, but... It kind of sounds like that's what the Pokemon games were going for, where it's just like link up, do 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 do, you win. Like it just does some quick mathematics. Your Pikachu beat this Pikachu because you have higher attack and higher speed, and that could have been what Pokemon was. It could have been very basic. And considering the rest of the game was was assumably the same with battling, it just seems like a weird thing not to include. And you know, thank God there was somebody just at Nintendo being like. Look, we need this. If you want it to be a big thing, we're going to have to really push on this multiplayer aspect with the trading and the battling because that's ultimately what made Pokemon what it is. It's just a lot of RPGs, you can get into the minutiae of the battle system and all that, but it, does, mm-hmm. it doesn't offer what Pokemon offers where it is very much like, oh, I want that, I can make a trade, and it just works perfect for kids because it's all about collecting and trading and working together and raising your team and... Banning one another, 
So if if the series didn't go down that track in the first place, it would have been really interesting. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, would have been. Mm. Uh, another sort of uh, interesting thing that came out of this uh, Did You Know Gaming video was Game Freak originally wanted the first Pokemon game to have, get this, Bryce, <laughs> 65,000 variations. <laughs> so, all right. So, so, just like putting these two like headline facts together, they can't, they're like, oh, fuck, we can't be bothered putting the battling in, but we will have 65,000 variations. And uh, I'm, gonna, I'm pulling this article from Go Nintendo and the article reads, Pokemon Red and Blue were pretty incredible creations for their time, offerings all sorts of variety uh, in Pokemon and more. That's why it's pretty crazy to learn that the developer Game Freak originally had a much grander vision for the Pokemon franchise debut. In the recent episode of Did You Know Gaming, it digs through a ton of old Pokemon interviews to discover some brand new facts. And one of them points to uh, the variety uh, Game Freak wanted in their Pokemon Red and Blue. Believe it or not, the developer developer originally intended for there to be 65,000 variations uh, between the two games, and this would all relate to the trainer's ID system. When the trainers start up Pokemon Red and Blue, the original plan for them was to get a tra- trainer ID that would be somewhere between 1 and 65,000. Depending on the number that was given, a player would see slight differences in Pokemon that appeared, the shapes of locations in each game, and more. This obviously would have taken much more time to develop, and the variations between the trainer IDs would have been minor in some instances. So, yeah, just it's, it's kind of interesting like how you maybe could have some... I guess variety in games and as you're going through in the schoolyard you're like hey look in my game this town's got this this house in this area so oh <laughs> this person's in this area and it's all different and it, it sort of sparks discussion but apart from that this is a pretty useless feature <laughs> that would have been a, just a nightmare to code on the original Game Boy um, which is probably ultimately why it didn't happen but it's just funny how one very important feature is like yeah like we take a lot of work man <laughs> Than the other one, yeah, yeah. Imagine it. um, Imagine that experience being what it was. Mm. Like the thing is, is that's one hundred percent possible in today's day and age. Holy shit! Yeah, Yeah, Game Freak, do it now. I want my house and every every single city within Pokemon Violet and Scarlet in a different place to where Bryce's is. That's really going to improve my gameplay experience. Every place we go to, like. Bryce's? Is this tree in front of your windows? I oh, no, it's not. Oh, bloody. Incredible. I think it's I think it's something they could definitely fucking pull off and they all they like they they do that in variations of gameplay like fucking Pixel One in Minecraft, for yeah, example. Yeah. Or like yeah, Animal Crossing, you know. Or Animal Crossing, yeah, that's right. But like <laughs> Game Freak trying to pull that off, I don't know, man. That's yeah. Oh look! It's, it's 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 possible in the year, it's possible in the year twenty twenty two. But Game Freak pulling it off is what has me has me confused. No, I don't see that. Yeah, don't on. don't ask too much, Bryce. Don't ask too much. <laughs> Get your you given, mate. All right. We're Pokemon fans. Yeah, yeah, we can't crit- can't criticize a Pokemon. It looks awesome. It's gonna be fantastic. <laughs> ten out of ten. Don't you dare say the trees look like shit. Don't you dare. Twitter will have you by the balls. Well, that's right. Uh. Another story. Uh, this is actually pretty cool. A brand new 8-bit Doe controller has been announced and it's basically for people with, uh, I guess, uh, limited mobility. So it's uh, just 
I think um, 8-Bit Doe, they make absolutely fantastic hardware. Um, I've got their Pro Controller, fantastic. If you're looking, if you yeah, Bryce has it. If you want a decent D-pad on a Nintendo Switch controller, please get that controller. It's absolutely fantastic. It's like got um, back buttons on it as well. Very good controller and they're actually doing work. So um, people that don't have full access to their hands, they've got all these different options for different buttons and all of that on this controller. It's coming out later this year. So just something to keep an eye on if you are someone who you know doesn't have all that greater mobility with your hands because I think video games is really special. It's something you can sit down and play. But if you've got like if got if you've got like something you know with your hands that you can't access every single button, or you want not even have arms, I don't know. I think uh, just like the work Xbox done with their. Uh, adaptive controller. Yeah, adaptive controller. I think that was absolutely awesome. Just like bringing gaming to people that typically couldn't hold your traditional controller is just, it just warms my heart every single time. And I, the more companies that get involved in this, the better. Um, because as Nintendo fans, I think, um, you know, speaking of Game Freak, with Pokemon Let's Go, Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee, uh, there was no accessibility in that game. If you couldn't throw that Pokeball, you weren't playing that game. <laughs> Which is just, it's like, can I just use the stick and press the A button to throw a Pokeball like you do in handheld mode, for example? No. No. No, you can't. So, yeah, you know, just uh, bringing that sort of accessibility to Switch is a, a great thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. A bit more of a serious uh, topic with uh, regarding Saudi Arabia again. They've uh, acquired a billion-dollar stake in Embracer Group, Bryce. And every time sort of the Saudi um, government gets involved in some of these dealings again, you know, I'm going to bring it up on the show and we'll discuss it just to, you know, bring it up into light with those that listen to us. But this, uh, this article is from gamesindustry.biz and the article reads, Saudi Arabia has bought a $1 billion stake in Embracer Group, the equivalent of approximately 8.1% of the company's shares. The shares were purchased through the Saudi Gaming Group, a subsidiary that is 100% owned and operated by Saudi Arabia's public investment fund led by Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. Quote, over the past few years, Saudi-based entities have become... Uh, one of the most significant investors in the global gaming market. And the games market in the uh, uh, MENA is one of the world's fastest growing with $8.7 billion in 2021 revenues and more active gamers than either the US or Western Europe, um, said Embracer founder, CEO Lars uh, Winforce. Uh, quote, our relationship with the Saudi gaming group will enable us to set up a regional hub in Saudi Arabia which, uh, from which we'll be able to make investments across the MENA region, either organically via partnerships, joint venues, or, or via acquisitions of companies led by strong entrepreneurs. Back in May, uh, PFI, uh, PIF sorry, also uh, acquired a 5% stake in Nintendo. It also owns a minor stake in Capcom and Nexon, worth around $1 billion in total. So just a, another sort of example of Saudi Arabia putting their money into the gaming industry. Nintendo was definitely not the last time we will see this um, put in. And I think uh, just companies like with um, Embracer Group, obviously they've got so many teams under their wing. This is just a massive investment for Saudi Arabia and they're actually going to have a place on the board and I wouldn't be surprised if their influence in Embracer Group just grows and grows with uh, 
with uh, more investments and all that. So just something to keep an eye on. Um, yeah, especially after Tomb Raider, <laughs> where yeah. Crystal Dynamics was uh, purchased by the Embracer Group. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> We're not going to be able to not spend our money on this if you want to play modern video games, unfortunately. But, yeah. Anything to say on this, Bryce? Uh, look, unfortunately, they're just going to keep doing what they're doing. Mm. I really don't know what else. Like, I think it's just only pro- sort of propping up more recently too because of these uh, the quick scale investments. Um, and I think the problem the problem will never go away. We can never agree with it. Um, but I just hope that their investments never get large enough to have like pure pro- like pure influential uh, dealings in the company like at all. Yeah, um, from what we're hearing that that isn't going to be the case, but mm. down the track when they get more power, who knows? But for now, we can feel safe. <laughs> well, that's right, yeah. And I, I, that is 100% the biggest concern we should all be worried about is that in the future, maybe if they hold enough of, enough of a stake, that maybe they'll have enough power to do something with it. But for now, uh, we can't really see it much more than anything else than just what it is, I guess. Yeah, and just to re-emphasize why this is a concern, Saudi Arabia, just their their views on, you know, women's rights, people's rights, the things they've done with journalism over there, you know, obviously killing the journalists, allegedly, allegedly, Jesus Christ, don't kill us, mm-hmm. um, Mr. Mr. Prince, but just things like that. We don't want to be, I guess, investments to be put into... You know, products that we like, but I think um, it's not just the video game industry that's been affected by this. So this is going to be something that's going to be sticking around, but be keeping an eye on it. Be keeping an eye on it anyway. They also have the most evil sounding emergency alarm system alarm ever. Oh, I haven't heard the emergency <laughs> emergency uh, alarm. I haven't uh, snuck in there recently. Right. So, okay. Uh, a shout out A shout out to a friend of mine by the name of uh, Tell TV who streams on Twitch, but he, um, a few weeks back, I'd say probably about a month ago back, he uh, did a smash or pass, and it was on <laughs> the world, the worldwide, like like the world's uh, emergency alarm system. Okay, Jesus Christ, was, that's random as fuck. Okay, <laughs> I I will send you some clips after because fuck, they make me laugh. They're so funny. Um, but um. <laughs> Saudi Arabia's sounds like somebody's like hitting the piano, like the organ key for like Jafar walking in, <laughs> like Jafar from Aladdin walking in. It's like it sounds evil. I'm just like, oh my, yeah. I'll, I'll have to send you some clips after we're done here because fucking hell, it's funny. It's oh so well, funny. it's probably fitting then if it sounds uh, sounds like that. Um, yeah. Um, just a, another little story that uh, if you play games on iOS on your Apple devices, you can now play with your Pro Controller and Joy-Cons, which is yeah. actually actually kind of cool. So if there's like a case for your iPhone that fits Joy-Cons, it kind of becomes a Switch, like literally a Switch <laughs> if you're playing with Joy-Cons. So that's cool. Lots There's lots of cool little games on Apple Arcade and stuff if you sign up to that. So pretty neat. And I guess really you can even get stuff like Dead Cells and a fair few indie games for like... A, kind of like a lot cheaper than you would on Switch. And if you're playing with the exact same controls, I don't know. It's kind of a it's kind of a weird thing. Mm, yeah, well, but I suppose it was always going to happen. 
Yeah. No, it's you know, just cool. Support, supporting literally, literally every other controller. So. Yeah, you can play with your DualSense, your Xbox Series controllers. So, yeah, may as well play with your Pro Controller too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, next up, we got uh, James Turner, who is one of the Pokemon designers. He's actually the art director for Pokemon Sword and Shield at Game Freak. Uh, the first uh, Western art art designer um, at Game Freak. He's recently left to start his own studio, which has been pretty cool. So the studio is called All Possible Futures, and we saw one of the games at the Devolver Digital Showcase uh, for Summer's Game Fest. But just focusing on, I guess, the Pokemon side of things, this was a... Sort of a big thing, just uh, James Turner leaving. Um, he's he's had his uh, sort of fair share of designing about twenty Pokemon um, since uh, well, since Shadow Lugia and Pokemon um, XD was it Pokemon Shadow? Lu- yeah, yeah, it was XD. Yeah, yeah Colosseum was um, was Ho-Wo. So yeah, just like one of the only sort of Western designers at uh, at Game Freak is now left. He's designed Pokemon like Vanilla, Vanillish, Vanillax, Golurk, uh, uh, Mandibuzz, Fantump, Trevenant, and he's done a few of the Ultra Beasts as well. So Buzzwall, <laughs> Guzzlord, Pupol. <laughs> Same one out for my boy Center Scorch. Yeah, Center Scorch designed him and Gigantamax, Center Scorch, Sinistee, and Poltergeist, which are cool Pokemon from. Pokemon Sword and Shield and the Galarian Zigzagoon line as well. So some pretty cool Pokemon. None of them are my favorite, but definitely, uh, you know, some noticeable Pokemon. I I think a, a lot of people are going to give like Vanillite and Vanillax a lot of shit because like, oh, it's just an ice cream. So like, well, I actually, that Pokemon actually grew on me quite a lot from Pokemon Black and White. But how do you feel about James Turner leaving? Uh, it's sad because I think he, dev- he, he designed some pretty awesome Pokemon. Um, and I think, uh, you know, it's, it's always sad to lose somebody who's, who designs something that I fucking love, especially when it comes to like something like center scorch. I'm like, Hmm. Hmm. You know, um, but I suppose, uh, you know, you got to move forward and you've got to, um, if he wants to make progress and make his own studio, that's fucking awesome. Uh, I wish him the best. And um, just hopefully we get more designs that uh, sort of hold his spirit in place. That'd be nice. But yeah. yeah. It also sort of really explains the uh, massive shift in art direction for Pokemon Violet and Scarlet as well. Because uh, with Sword and Shield, James Turner was the art director for that game. And that has a very, you know, I think like for the most part, the artwork looks great for Sword and Shield, you know. I yeah. guess, you know, graphics aside for, you know, some of the, the open world areas, but as far as battles and the trainers and every, the whole look of the game, I, I thought it looked, looked quite nice, but with a uh, brand new games, they look quite different and, you know, brand new art director. So that sort of makes a lot of sense when you put into the, the context of the actual team itself. But James Turner, he put this out on Twitter and said that he started up a brand new um, studio, All Possible Futures. He's um a sort of, I think he... He's co-running it with uh, another another developer from um, Brisbane. Because I actually got I got an email from Devolver Digital and they said like, All Possible Futures is an Australian studio. But I don't know how, the, how that works because like, is it bait? Like is, if it's just on, if it's just online and one person's from Australia and if he's in the UK or wherever he's living, Japan still, not sure. Is it Australian? Was it just half Australian? Are they moving here? I got no idea. I got a lot of questions, but... 
um, their first game, the plucky squire looks awesome. And it just, it screams James Turner. It looks like, it looks like, uh, what was that rhythm game called? I always forget what it's called, but he's, he's uh, had a lot of touching and like a lot of uh, non-Pokemon Game Freak games. If you remember like Tempo, the badass elephant, like the art direction looks a lot like that. Yeah, um, right. Have you been, have you checked out the Devolver games? Do you know what the Pocky Squire is? No, no, I haven't seen it. Okay. So can I send you a link? I'm trying to send you a link, but it's got like um, it's a, a really colorful sort of art book style and, a lot of the game is just sort of like in a 2D art style and there's there's even like a bit there where like you're fighting in like a punch out sort of um, sort of point of view, doing a lot of platforming, doing puzzles. And then there's a bit in the trailer where you actually jump out of the book and then it becomes like a 3D game. Oh, and nice. That's, that's sort of all we see from the from the trailer, but it looks, looks pretty cool. I'll put a... Where's our little chat here? A little chat. Yeah, a little chat. Little, a little chat. I don't mind a little chat. A little chat. There you go. There's the website, Ross. Go check that out. But uh, yeah, the Plucky Squire, it's definitely one of my most anticipated games coming out next year. Published by uh, Devolver. Um, definitely, definitely got my ears peaked by that. But yeah. Go and check out the trailer, bro. See what you think. Let's see. I'm waiting for the website to load. It seems to be taking a while. Come on. I'm going to check out the what job you- job positions at All Possible Futures. Let's see if we can get a job here, bros. All right, they're looking for senior 3D artists in the Western time zone, so UK, EU, and East US. Uh, can't do that. Lead level designer. Oh, they're looking for Eastern time zones, so Australia. We can fit the time zone, but I don't know if I'm a lead level designer. Mm, maybe not that one. Gameplay programmer. No. So what you'll do, work directly on the game moment-to-moment mechanics. Work autonomously on the game mini games under the direction of the design director. Create and manage boss encounters. Fix bug existing code. Create and manage AI behaviors. Work of the game's physic engine. Mm. No, I don't, uh, no, I don't think I can apply here, Bryce. Oh, no. You poor man. How will you ever face your... <laughs> the punch. This is really cool. Yeah, it looks awesome, doesn't it? Yeah. Looks excellent. Yeah, and if like if you follow James Turner on Twitter, you'll be like, yeah, that's uh, that's his illustrations. Like, definitely. Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. No, that's awesome. I really like that. A very big mix match of like just about everything. Mm. In a little adve- in a little like Zelda style adventure game. I think that's cool. Yeah, so I'm def- I'm really looking forward to it. And you sent me another link, I see. I have, yes. So this is the next story, Bryce. This comes from fanbyte.com. And this is about a, a one-two switch sequel that, I don't know, we might see one day. But I thought it was interesting nevertheless. So um, this is from Imran Khan. And the title is The Wild Story Behind Nintendo's Unannounced One-Two Switch Sequel. So the article reads, 
In March, in March 2017, Nintendo released 1-2 Switch, one of the Switch's two first-party titles to launch alongside the hardware. While it wasn't exactly a critical critical com- competition for The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, the one versus one minigame competition was half-tech demo, half-casual party pleaser for the Wii crowd, but did not materialise for the Wii U. In that respect, the game was a success, to the tune of 3.45 million copies, that uh, produced a rather significant return on investment. It made sense for Nintendo to start working on a sequel. Where is that sequel, however, is a much stranger story. The information represented in this this article gathered from multiple sources with knowledge of the product in question. While these sources are uh, represented in the published story as anonymous, we have verified their connections and are posting the information they gave us with the utmost faith in their accuracy. As always, the video game industry is secretive and fickle. Things can change regardless of how accurate the information is right now. It is also possible we will never uh, know for sure. We have reached out to Nintendo for comment on this story, but have not received a response by the time of publishing. Accounts differ on exactly whether the sequel to 1-2-Switch started development. The title, which sources say settled on everybody's 1-2-Switch at one point, went through a few variations as the developers struggled with the core question. How exactly do we make a sequel to 1-2-Switch? The obvious answer was to add more minigames as the other uh, irritative... Yeah, now lose my brain here a bit. Uh, Irritative party titles had done. Uh, But they also wanted to release a title that did not uh, render the first game moot and stop it from selling. Inspiration came from Jackbox Party Games, developers of the uh, Jackbox Party Pack series. Games like uh, You Don't Know Jack, Fibbage, Quiplash, and other popular titles at parties, inspiring the Everybody's 1-2-Switch team to establish a game show-like theme with the host and more participants, as opposed to the original game setup for having two users with a Joy-Con each going up against each other. Everybody's 1-2-Switch had... Uh, many more players at once with the use of smartphones the game could have lobbies as big as 100 players plus everybody's one two switch the idea on paper was solid nintendo's epd group 4 designed a host of the mini games based on international appeal a bipedal horse that looked like a man wearing a rubber horse mask the game's text simply referred to him as horse because he sounded like enough like an english word host Okay. <laughs> that it would come across in different languages. Minigames would ask players to physically move around the environment for things like musical chairs or to use their phone to play bingo. There was even a game that resembled a, uh, a vital version of the, <laughs> of the spin the bottle that involved saying something nice about the other person. It tested horribly. <laughs> you can see why. Um, when the playtesting groups received the game, the feedback to the development team was brutal. The target audiences Nintendo was hoping to hit, families with children, fan, found the games boring. Many didn't want to play through entire rounds. In the bingo example, one player would use the uh, Joy-Con to mime digging out a number before reading it off the TV screen, a process that the playtesters reported as tedious. The main mode of the game, the team battle mode, pit at least two teams of players against each other in various minigames. This mode was uh, uh, this mode featured a horse who would give a color 
commentary during the games. Uh, during the local localization process, sources started calling the game horseshit as shorthand. <laughs> it is uh, It is important to note that this is not uncommon for the game. Some projects just test badly and get quietly shelved or reworked. It happens far more often than people know. And under normal circumstances, this is what would happen have happened and no one would have been the wiser. But no one expected everybody's 1-2 switch to test quite badly as it did. Different trusted employees within Nintendo were raising alarms that the games released as is would damage the company's reputation and and as a great software developer. Presuming the extra development would not be a problem, Nintendo went ahead and other publisher duties on the game, like printing out the art cover and placing it in uh, cases for retail release. Per sources, there's still a large number of empty boxes for the title sitting and waiting for the game with no current release date. It is unclear that... uh, It is unclear what Nintendo plans to do with the game now. Some sources have said Nintendo executives will not be swayed on the idea of a full $60 retail release for the game, Uh, basically saying uh, how well the uh, original 1-2-Switch did in similar circumstances with a poor critical consensus. Uh, Some others within the company have suggested making the game an add-on bonus for a higher tier of Nintendo Switch Online similar to Animal Crossing New Horizons Happy Home Designer expansion and the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Pack, uh, especially as the game is so independent on online play for massive lobbies. The quality might matter less, sources argue, uh, if no one is actually pl- paying anything for the game. Uh, that question may already be decided internally by the time of writing, but that the answer won't be publicly known until Nintendo announces the game and its plans for it. It is entirely possible that it will never announce the game, take its losses, and quietly shelve it. Our sources do not believe that that will happen, though, as they suspect well, Nintendo will try to uh, get the game out one way or another. Maybe there is a best-case scenario. While everybody who described the game to us mentioned the quality was not there, they also noted the slightest hint of optimism that the team is doing their best to respond to the bad feedback. Um, if and when everybody's 1-2 Switch does release, perhaps it uh, submounts the poor initial response um, by making the title a little bit better. <laughs> Maybe like Cinderella leaving out the ball, it just needs a little more magic to get there. That's the article. Sorry if that was a little bit long to read, but I thought it was an interesting sort of story brought up by Imran on uh, Fanbyte. Just a bit of insight into a 1-2 Switch sequel. And Nintendo, sometimes they just get blindsided by success and don't understand why that success was there in the first place. If Nintendo think they can replicate the same success with a expensive ass game with barely anything to do in it, like one, two switch and release it now when there's a lot more competition from their competitors and games on the system itself. uh, I think they're dreaming, but what do you think after taking that in? Um, it doesn't surprise me that they were working on one and it doesn't surprise me it flops. <laughs> yeah, it's um, some, some of the minigame ideas, they sound awful and hopefully that yes. was at the start of sort of testing these things out, seeing what they're like and I hope uh, these products are a lot, a lot better than what we're hearing here because I'm going to be honest here, guys, I've... I haven't been shy about this. I am a one-two-switch apologist. 
<laughs> not for the price. I think it's. I think free with the Switch would have been a good price for it. Maybe ten, <laughs> maybe ten bucks. You're like, oh, let's let's check this out. Got some friends over. Make a quick purchase on the eShop. Give it a quick download. It'll be fun for a night. Um, but a seventy dollar game. That's what it was here in the in Australia. It was ten dollars. Yes, less than your standard full price Nintendo game. It was just way too much. But I think it showed off the Switch in just really magical ways. It utilized the system perfectly, putting it down in a space, just transformed that area into into whatever you wanted it to be, what you're playing in that, I guess, a particular game, and it just opened up your imagination. I thought it was just a really great use of the Joy-Cons. I felt, thought it was really cool. But um, yeah. for, for them to do it again, there's no reason. They've already got one, two Switch. We don't need another game to, to do that. But, it's a tech demo, mm, but that's that's what its entire purpose was yeah. to begin with. So for it to have a sequel doesn't really make a lot of sense. But what I what I hope this is is I hope they do go down the route for like Nintendo Switch Online users. This is free. It's like you know a hundred players jump in and play the, all the games at once. I think that'd be fantastic. That'd be exactly what they should have done with the first game. Just give it to people and say, look. This is uh this is what you can do online. This is what is possible to do with online play. It's not just twelve player Mario Kart. Sign up and you get this sort of really fun quiz game you can jump into each night. And it can be- become a part of the zeitgeist as far as the Nintendo community goes. And it I think that is the way to its success. But if it's a seventy dollar product, honestly, don't expect us to cover it on the House of Mario unless Nintendo Australia wants to <laughs> wants to provide us one just to just to let yeah. you know, save your money, I guess. But look, if, if this comes out like as like a full retail game. But the sad thing is, Bryce, I think Nintendo being how they are, they've already invested in printing the <laughs> the box art and everything. I feel like they'll just push through anyway because like, fuck it, we've made this investment. I think... Um, no, it just won't sell then. It's fine. Yeah, well, it's, it's going to have to be one of those Reggie moments where, you know, someone has to step in and tell these... I guess higher ups like no, <laughs> Mister Awada, this won't sell. <laughs> oh, but Reggie, <laughs> but Reggie, we don't give our products away for free, Mister Awada. <laughs> Anyone who listens to the audiobook will get where that's going. I, but <laughs> I love it. It, it. It's 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 amazing. But at the same time, oh my god, Mister Awada, Mister Awada, you're full of shit. <laughs> Reggie, you don't under you don't seem to understand what it takes to make a video game, Mister Miyamoto. For fuck's sakes, I've been watching you for at least a month. It looks easy as piss. Now, anyway, jokes aside, um, this will probably come up in in the future. Like a, lo- a lot of the things we've brought up, who knows if it's a? It seems like it's going to be pretty soon if it's if it's going to pop up. So who knows? Yeah. I like how the ho- they're just like. <laughs> We're going to call the host a horse because it sounds like host <laughs> and horses are cool. So we'll just use a horse. Oh, I love horses. Oh, look, I'm, I'm not against horses either, but a host for a horse? Mm, nah. No. Not sure about that, mate. Nah. Not sure about that. All right. Well, that brings to the end of the news, Bryce. So nice little meaty chunk there. Let's jump into the Red Queen releases. Plenty of games that came out. So let's uh, jump into it. Alright, bro. So the first game is uh, is Mario Strikers Battle League Football. You can get it for eighty bucks on the Australian eShop. We had a lot of fun with it. We've already talked about it. Go and check it out. 
another game is a bit of a re-release, a remake for Nintendo Switch. Star, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2, The Sith Lords, is on Nintendo Switch for 21 bucks. Pretty cool. Uh, Knights of the Republic uh, 1 was already on Switch. So you can get them both now. Pretty cool. I'm actually really keen to play the first game. I know there's a, a sequel coming out on a, well, a remake on PlayStation 5, but I've I've been on a massive Star Wars kick recently, Bryce, so I'm keen to go and check out some some more Star Wars stories. So this on Switch would be pretty cool. So yeah, any interest? Did you ever play these games by chance, being a big PC yeah, man? Yeah, back in the day I did. Yeah. yeah, did you enjoy them? Yeah, they're great. They're fun. Yeah. Cool. Star Wars era's games, uh, like back in those days of Star Wars era, <laughs> um, yep. were uh, pretty universally praised. I don't think people had anything bad to say about them in general. Mm. You know hey, what I mean? No, I hear nothing but good things about them. Yeah. Um, next up is uh, Neon White. And this was a, a game published from uh, Annapurna Interactive. And this was been in, in a Nintendo Direct. I think maybe the last one it was announced. And it got a, a release date uh, pretty imminent at Summer Games Fest. And now it's out. So I don't really know what this game's all about. So it's a lightning fast first person action platformer set beyond the early gates of heaven. Neon White is a lightning fast action uh, first person action game with uh, demons in heaven. You are you are White, an assassin handpicked from hell to compete with other demon slayers for the chance to live permanently in heaven. Other uh, assassins seem familiar though. Do you know them in a past life? Question mark. Hmm. I don't know if I do, to be honest. And uh, next we got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, which I've been playing on PC thanks to Xbox Game Pass. Thank you very much. Um, I was actually really keen to pick this up, but I don't know. It got announced for Game Pass. I'm like, well, I'll save my $33.75. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But uh, on the GP. Yeah, I've been I've been enjoying it from what I've been playing on PC, man. It's, uh, it's what you expect. It's just a really slick brawler fantastic have you been have you had interest in picking this up no i haven't really i haven't really uh looked into it far too much um but uh i'm sure it's nice and solid to be completely honest with you yeah it's it is weird though because i i know there's a switch tax for a lot of games but it's mainly with uh cartridge games mm-hmm. and i think i was i noticed uh there was a yeah it was super perils of baking i picked that up on switch and it was $15 on Switch and it was $17.50 on PlayStation 4. I'm like, okay, so it's like a reverse PlayStation tax. So it's not always more expensive on Switch. But with Shredder's Revenge, I noticed it was 30 bucks on PlayStation when I checked it earlier today. But in full price on Switch, it's it's $37.50. I'm like, why is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles more on Switch? Like, I don't I don't know why. It's it's baffling. Like it's not it's not even like a like this game isn't physical apart from the limited edition um, no. that one of those printing companies are doing, and this it's not the first time it's happened with a digital product, though. Yeah, no, it's, it's far from far from that. I remember, was it Terraria? It came up for sixty bucks on Switch. It's like, oh, I don't think so. <laughs> so stupid. Yeah, Terraria on Switch is way overpriced. Mm. Beyond beyond actual scope of reasonability, it is such an overpriced game. It's a great game. Terraria is fucking fantastic, but sixty bucks. When it came out on PC, it was ten. Yeah, I know. Like it was like a fifteen, twenty dollar game at most on like PlayStation fucking and stuff. Christ. 
that 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 was the most extreme markup I've ever witnessed in my life. <laughs> like I was like, holy fuck, because I wouldn't have minded just like putting around, just jumping around and mining some shit and you know yeah. whatever in Terraria, but whatever. Um, also, if you want to play Stardew Valley, it's actually up for a free game trial with Nintendo Switch Online. So go and check that out if you haven't bought Stardew Valley on on Nintendo Switch. A lot of fun, great game. And uh, Capcom also have announced there's a Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak demo available on Switch too. So if you're if you're keen to get into the expansion to Monster Hunter Rise, go and check it out. But that's all the releases this week, Bryce, as far as uh, ones I want to talk about anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's about it really. Mm. It hasn't been a huge amount this week. Heap of sales though. There's over 2,500 games on sale. And yeah, it's because it's because it's that time of year. Yeah, yes. It's, uh, it's funny though because it's like all the big games on like on my eShop when I go to like Nintendo's recommended, for example, it's just like purchase, 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 purchase. I'm like, oh god, don't remind me how much money I've spent on this goddamn system of mine. Yeah, well, that's right. Fuck it all. Oh, bro. So, do you miss Reggie? You haven't seen Reggie in quite a while, have you, mate? No, I haven't. You want to call in Reggie's rec room? It's been a it's been a pretty awesome week with Summer Game Fest. Bunch of games announced all over the place, whether it's the PlayStation State of Play or the Xbox Showcase. Plenty of stuff to talk about. Let's just talk about some of the the stuff we've been, I don't know, excited about over the last few weeks. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Hi Nintendo fans. Oh. Reggie here. Hey Reggie. Thank you for your never-ending support, for giving me a mushroom kingdom full of incredible memories that I will never forget. Ever. Oh, pop a drink with Reggie. Thank you, mate. It's an absolute pleasure to be in here again. And uh, Bryce, he hasn't seen you in a while. He's very happy to see you, Bryce. He's wagging his tail. He's stamping his foot. Go and give him a scratch on the cheek. Hey, Just wagging his whole fucking tail. His yeah. whole fucking tail. Yeah. Yeah. His whole fucking tail. We gave Reggie the robot a tail. He's not a robot. He's a real Reggie. <laughs> We've got him in here. I mean, yes, yes, a robot. Yeah, no, you're right, Bryce. <laughs> we can't admit we have the real one. That's illegal. Oh. That's illegal. Uh, yeah, that's human trafficking. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> been a bunch of stuff. Let's start off with the PlayStation State of Play. Don't have to talk. We're not going to talk about everything in these events. This is in the recap, but... So some of the stuff that we're excited about, um, I think uh, personally for me, I don't know. We haven't talked about state of play at all with one another <laughs> at all. Um, but state of play, I think it was one of my favorite presentations. It was only sort of third party sort of stuff from PlayStation, but like all the Catcom stuff and um, Final Fantasy 16 all looked really, really good. So I'm yeah, really, yeah. really keen to get into a lot of this stuff. So, like, what do you think of Street Fighter Six? Personally, for me, I actually picked up Street Fighter Five on a uh, humble bundle the other day, just like real cheap. I'm like, I actually mm. wouldn't mind getting into Street Fighter, and Street Fighter Six looks awesome. So, just yeah, like yeah. all of the stuff where like you can actually like <laughs> Street Fighter, it's, it's always had the fighter, but you could never run around a street. But now, now you can actually run around a street, like in the third person, go and challenge other players to battles. Kind of works like a looks like a, a bit of a hub. Like you might expect in Splatoon, which is I think is an awesome thing games are doing, where you can actually sort of it gives life 
to a lot of these games where it's just it's just menus it just doesn't really have the sort of atmosphere that an area where with characters and people inhabiting them would be so i'm, I'm glad to see that uh and i know like final fantasy 16 for you that's a big one you're excited oh, yeah. for but mm -hmm. it's uh it's piqued my interest as well it looks it looks really good so today you get to see yoshida um the naoki yoshida uh directed game um so i suppose it's worth mentioning that um he has been the director of final fantasy 14 for so long now mm. um so having him on this is huge uh and i'm keen to see sort of like how he manages to pull the team through this yeah because they got like a they got like a massive sort of all-star cast just like for developers for this game too so they do yeah um, and that's like, I have a, that's what I mean is I have a lot of faith in him because he managed to bring back a whole fucking MMO from the dead. Mm. So it is, it is really just a case of like, Jesus Christ, like hopefully, um, hopefully he can pull this off with the mainline game and see how that goes. But, um, that'll be all up to creative business unit three to really pull that shit out. <laughs> I love that name too. <laughs> Straight to CBU the point. Three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they showed off like a bunch of stuff for PlayStation VR two as well. And, I'm, I was going into this event. I was, this was the only event I watched live, by the way, because it was eight o'clock in the morning, whereas everyone else was three o'clock. I'm like, nah, that, that's not happening. So I was doing the dishes actually while watching the showcase and going into it, I really wanted a, a bit more of an idea when the PlayStation VR 2 was going to come out and whether it could support PC play. Because if, if that was the case, I would have 100% like been excited put down a pre-order, all of that. But we still got no release date. We still got no idea with PC compatibility. But we got some games um, sort of shown off. We got some more Horizon Call of the Mountain, which looks pretty cool. Like with the yeah. with the sort of just beautiful fidelity of Horizon Forbidden West, but in VR, that's going to be, it's going to be incredible. Uh, no Man's Sky for PlayStation VR 2 got shown off as well. Um that's already on VR systems, including PlayStation VR. So not all that surprising, but just like the step up from, especially the PlayStation VR, it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, that's right. felt, felt a little bit underwhelmed just with PSVR, but hopefully we see more of it this year. I would like to see it come out, but yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for the Amazon prime sort of sale for an Oculus quest. I was going to sort of order it for my birthday with some birthday money, but then Amazon came out and be like, all right, uh, there's a, we're having a big sale next month. Uh, Oculus will be a part of it. I'm like, all right, well, I can't just, <laughs> I can't order it a month earlier and pay an extra, I don't know, assuming hundred bucks or something. Like it's, it's going to be, I think they do pretty uh, significant deals for the Oculus Quest. So yeah, won't be doing that. Um, but yeah, I assume you don't have anything to say about the VR side of things. Nah, not really. I don't have VR. So yeah. Um, a game I should, I, I'm really looking forward to it actually is it's called Stray you play as a cat <laughs> looks yeah. really beautiful published by uh, Arapurna uh, Interactive um, so yeah looks really cool I'm keen to play it it's coming it's actually coming to PlayStation Plus Extra so their new subscription service which is launching on the 22nd here I believe so yeah I, I'll probably I think I'm going to sign up to the PlayStation Plus because it's 130 bucks a year there's a, there's a few games on there I'm, I'm actually keen to play. 
um, just like some of the Sony first pa- uh, first party stuff. There's um, there's a couple of racing games on there which I'll utilize my wheel with because it's compatible with PlayStation Five and the Stray game. It's actually quite a bit. So I'm like, yeah, well, it's actually, it's actually quite a fair bit cheaper than Game Pass. So the way the way you said it, it sounded like um, it's like, oh yeah, you know, I've got this racing wheel. It's compatible with the Cat game. Oh look, that'd be sick. I would play that. You're just like fucking like your cat sprinting. You're like, right. Yeah, just get my one hand on the wheel, just like fucking pull the gear shift, like fucking spin around the corner. Like that. <laughs> That'd be sick. <laughs> oh, my cat. <laughs> mm. yeah. So that that's that's pretty much all I was uh, really all ex- excited about from the the state of play. Um, plenty of other stuff there as well, but I guess it was interesting for Spider Man's coming to PC. I called this. I called this as one of the things that would happen. Mm. Um, quite some time ago, like I've, I've said for a long time now, and anybody that listens to the show knows it, but I've said like, it's not going to like, they're already, they've already started moving shit tons of, um, PlayStation games to PC. I would not be surprised if most of their library, and I'm talking like 80% ends up on PC, um, oh, yeah, definitely. soon enough. And it's fucking going there. It's, it's going so fast. Yeah. Um, and like, that's the thing is just like. A lot of people seem to have this inevitability that like exclusivity is the thing, but there is so much missed potential on PC. Holy shit, there's so much potential on PC. Yeah, well, with um like their Last of Us remake that's in development for PC, like the the the, the announcement was just followed up by also in development for PC. So probably going to move towards a day and date eventually for PlayStation games, which be awesome. I I want the choice to play on PlayStation or PC. Like with Grand, like most PlayStation games, like God of War, Horizon, whatever, I probably would prefer to play it on a PlayStation. But stuff like Gran Turismo Seven, it needs to be on PC. Like, just for the way the racing sim community plays those games, it really needs to be on PC. So hopefully, like stuff like that moves there. But Spider Man be interesting to play on PC. I can't wait for all the mods <laughs> to be put into it. Playing as Thomas the, the Tank Engine, just swinging in New York City. All the old notable Spider-Man games were on PC back in the day when we were like really young. Yeah, all that they were all well on PC back in the day, and like I don't really see why this would sort of be any different sort of thing. You know, it's it's like one of those things that just I always, I've always seen it as lost potential and lost money. It's like PC gaming for a while was considered like one of the only ways you could game. Uh, and then all of a sudden, it's just like consoles are getting more advanced under the TV and stuff like that. So now all of a sudden, it's just like, oh, well, I guess we just don't care about PCs anymore. But then, like, we're in this year of fucking 2022 when content creation is at a huge, substantial high. PCs are relatively cheap to get into um, than they were probably, I'd say, probably about 10 years ago. Um, you can pick up a like you can pick up a graphics card that's like a 1070 ti now or something like that that you know you know you might spend 400 bucks on or something like that like something that i've got on my pc right now um it's probably more advanced than a console yeah but like the amount of shit that i've managed to set up with just my pc which like at a face value is only worth a bit over a grand and the amount of money that i've made just like streaming and um, sort of maintaining maintaining a schedule like that while also playing games and stuff like that I want to play. It, it just seems like a no-brainer, really, I guess. Hmm. Had, like, sort of with uh, PlayStation making this big shift to 
Like probably eventually having the game's day and date, but they're definitely having a big focus on PC, bringing their, their biggest game, <laughs> Spider-Man. It's by far their, their biggest game on PlayStation 4. Like Nintendo, how do you see how do you see them <laughs> embracing PC? Because personally for me, I know, I know they won't just for starters, but we're living in a hypothetical here, but I think they would honestly benefit really well for some of their games. Maybe not for like Mario Party. That doesn't need to be on PC necessarily, but... Something like Breath of the Wild 2, I think that'll be fantastic to have like the option to play on PC with the, the graphics turned high, just all the sort of luxuries that PC enables you, but also having the ability to play on Switch and sort of treating, I guess, the PC as like the, the higher-end console where you can get you can get home and you can play your, your Nintendo games like that. But I, look, I definitely don't see that, that happening. I think Nintendo would be the the one who's kicking and screaming to embrace anything else. But I think uh, the, the sort of the biggest shame that comes with Nintendo not embracing other platforms apart from mobile is, is, is actually Pokemon. Like, yeah. you know, like Pokemon Unite, that game needs to be on PC, you know, but Nintendo obviously have, have a thing where it's like it's either mobile or Switch, but nothing else, like not PC and certainly not PlayStation, but like... It just it need need more more of that stuff on on other consoles, but yeah, no, that's sort of my thinking. Like, what's what's the harm? Obviously, you're not going to be getting as much money if you're selling it on Steam, but they could make their own awful app <laughs> where you can launch your games on PC, and everyone complains about it because it's another launcher. Which uh, now that I've got my PC, holy shit, I'm sick of launchers. I'm like, I just want to play Steam, <laughs> and then it's like. I buy Red Dead Redemption on Steam. It's like, all right, you need to make an account for the Rockstar launcher and you need to install it. I'm like, I really don't want the fucking Rockstar launcher on my PC. <laughs> Why no, no, would no, no. I want that? But uh, yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's the thing. There's a lot of them are reverting back to Steam now too, though. Like, it's like they've realized what the fuck is the point. <laughs> they've just discontinued it and moved back to Steam because like we've got COD coming back this year as well. There's no point. Yeah, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's that's one thing I noticed with Summer Games Fest. Like I'm not gonna bring up any more uh Blizzard games, but with Diablo 4, New Call of Duty, and uh Overwatch 2. Like on like, you know, honestly the games look great, they look awesome. But has everybody forgotten what that company's been up to over the last six months? Everybody's forgotten. It was like, oh fuck, that looks cool, I'm gonna buy it. It's like Okay, has everybody forgotten like, the heinous shit they're up to and the, the court case they're fighting? And since Xbox like said they're going to buy them, everyone's like, oh, fuck that. Who cares? They're good again. It's like, they're not. It's like an article that came up the other day. It's like Activision, Activision Blizzard claims that Activision Blizzard is clear, has cleared Activision Blizzard of corruption. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. Like literally that's something that happened the other yeah, day. Yeah, I, like, I read the article. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's just like everybody's forgotten straight away. And like I've said this before, you can't, we can't make choices that <laughs> we can't always make the right choices. Um, and in saying like, you know, with Nintendo, now that they've got like a, a bit of Saudi Arabia money, we can't be like, all right, I'm not doing that. All right, I'm not buying an iPhone because it's, it's, it's made in China. I'm not doing this because it's got this, like you just can't, you can't live morally correct. But no. at the same time, like it's not even in the conversation when it comes to Activision Blizzard sort of in recent times. I don't know. It just seems like everyone's pretty fickle and forgot. But 
Mm. You know, that's just me. It's easy for me to say that though because I couldn't give a shit about <laughs> their games. I never have. So yeah. it's also easy for me to say if Nintendo was in the same place, I'd be like, oh, oh fuck. <laughs> I really wouldn't know what to what to sort of do. We've been close with a couple of uh, a couple of our stories the last few weeks, but yeah. Mm. Yeah, so let's move on to, I guess, uh, Summer Games Fest. Sort of Jeff Keighley's show. I didn't watch this one. This aired at three o'clock in the morning for us. And apparently it was just full of ads, including The Rock, who uh, showed up to show off his energy drink in a, in a movie that he's in. So, all right. So I just, you know, went through the list, look at, looked at the trailers I was keen on. By far the most, uh, the game I'm most excited for is The Last of Us Part 1, a remake of the first Last of Us. Um, mainly because, not because it's like, oh, yes, I need The Last of Us to look better. I think it does look better, but... Um, sort of the, the gameplay was so improved in The Last of Us Part 2. It was, uh, it was it's one of my favorite action games I've ever played. And when I when I started playing it, I was just like, holy shit, this is... I couldn't believe how just from a gameplay front, how improved it was from the original Last of Us because the original Last of Us, it played like Uncharted. It was, it, it was kind of meh. And I originally came off of the first Tomb Raider game, which played really cool with the bow and arrow and everything. And it all felt pretty, pretty lackluster in The Last of Us. The Last of Us just sort of, for me, the story carried it a lot, but the sequel was so much fun. I just, I enjoyed it from a gameplay perspective, story perspective. I thought it was awesome. So if they're bringing that sort of gameplay mechanic into the original game, with just like upgraded graphics for PlayStation 5 and that, really looking forward to it. It's coming out like... Uh, September pretty soon anyway so I'm really looking forward to it yeah yeah it's not long at all actually yeah it's a like there's a lot of people talking about price like it's a full price PlayStation Studios game $125 here in Australia um you know that's a lot of money for any game so it's up to you whether you think that's worth it or not uh it's also it's also kind of strange but it is put against uh, I guess the the definitive edition on PlayStation 4 you can get that free with PlayStation Plus collection and like 10 bucks, like a physical disc. So it's like, if you've never played the game before and you're on a budget, you know, you've got an option there that is cheaper. But for fans that want an upgrade, it's going to be pretty cool. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, what else uh, in this showcase sort of piques your eye? Um, I really didn't pay all that much attention to it, to be completely honest with you. Um, yeah, fair enough. Like you, like you said, it was full of ads. Um, and that is like the main thing that I'd heard about it. I find it so weird that they had the fucking rock there promoting an energy drink. Yeah. He seems to rock up every now and again. So why, why are you here? Like I, I like the rock. Don't get me wrong, but are you in a game yeah. or something? Fuck off. You know, <laughs> like, are you talking about games? No. Okay. It's like if we're talking about strongman video games. Like, I mean, Terry Crews, I'd understand because he's actually actively playing video games. <laughs> mm. um, yeah. What's well, I, I, I don't know about specifically in SGF that I'd actually paid attention to. Cause I watched, I watched the Xbox one and, um, I watched the state of play after it finished. Yep. Um, and then the Xbox showcase I watched, but yeah, not specifically that. Yeah, honestly, there wasn't a lot for me. Uh, like, I know like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, this is where it got its release date and announcement that it was on Game Pass. So that was that was a highlight. That game's already out now though. So that's cool. 
Um, Call of Duty looks great, but like I said, like it's um, whatever. I might I might play it on Game Pass when it comes out, but don't really want to support them at the moment. No. Yeah, um, but yeah, honestly, honestly, there wasn't anything really there for me. Like, uh, uh, was it Callisto Protocol? That looks cool, but you know, I'll get it cheaper down the line. Very Dead Space. Oh yeah, well, it's made by the the uh, original director of Dead Space. <laughs> of course, <laughs> when he left, so he went went to go and make that game. Hmm. But yeah, nah, not too much there for me, unfortunately. But it is. I really want to know Jeff Keighley's sort of. How, how he monetizes these things because I assume like the companies come to him and they pay for space to put their trailers but they also put video game trailers in there with already released games and then they also get people like The Rock and that coming into it. So I'm, I'm just confused. Why is there ads in like a showcase that are ads? It's like adception. I, I'm, I'm just, it, it's like, it's like, could you imagine like the Xbox Bethesda conference? You're like, you know, you're just watching their ads. <laughs> and then it's like, there's an Xbox like monetizing it with like an energy drink ad. You're like, what? The, what? <laughs> We've already been advertised to. You've got one of the most captive audiences in any entertainment industry ever where we're actually like, oh fuck, it's three o'clock in the morning. I better wake up. So where Xbox are showing me. <laughs> It's like, how much more ads can you put into this shit? I, it's, I just find it really interesting. I'm like, like, are you doing it for free and you've got to monetize it to keep the lights on? What's <laughs> doing out the goodness of your heart? Like, This is sponsored by The Rock's Cock. Oh, The Rock's Cock. How much would The Rock's Cock uh, sponsor you for? <laughs> right. Good question. So uh, the Xbox showcase, I thought it was, it was good. I really enjoyed it. And I think uh, what made it even better is just... Xbox conferences in general these days is just for every game's on Game Pass. So if you're watching a Nintendo Direct, you're like, fuck, this is going to cost me like a thousand bucks if I want to play everything. But um, this one is like 200 bucks a year. You get to play it all, all out in the next 12 months. Pretty cool. Um, at the very start, they showed off Silk Song, Hollow Knight. So that's coming to Game Pass. That's going to be pretty cool. So supposedly that's coming out in the next 12 months. So that's going to be, yeah. pretty, that's going to be pretty cool. Um, yeah. Who what knows? A place for it to drop all of a sudden, though. It was just kind of like, oh, yeah. Okay. I wonder if this trailer was here just to say that yes, it is on Game Pass, and that it will show up at a direct with a release date. I don't know, but yeah, good. Um, Redfall. A lot of people are saying, like, you no. Know, a lot of people are excited about this game. It looks really generic and boring to me, but it is what it was. <laughs> mm, yeah. Um, High on Life. This is pretty cool. Made by <laughs> Justin Roiland. Um, who was a uh, man behind the Rick and Morty? Quite creative, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> just like we're all the guns are talking aliens. Yeah, it's all like, yeah. I, I I really like games where I know a lot of people. This isn't their cup of tea, but I like games where there's always sort of commentary going on in the background. And I can yeah, imagine just yeah. like you know you're going through, you're shooting things, but as you're doing it, these like you're looking at this face <laughs> right in front of you, right in front of you, just being like, hello, boo, boo, just doing this dumb shit, you're just laughing as like you, as you're actually doing some FPS gameplay. Sounds pretty cool. Um, you know, obviously it's it's an easy sell because oh yeah, fuck, I'll download it. It's on Game Pass. So I'm subscribed. It's good. So um, you know, I'm pretty easy to be sold when you're already sort of signed up to this thing. Uh, so no, yeah, a yeah. big announcement that um, is nothing to me, but I can sort of acknowledge that it's pretty big. Um, Riot Games is on Xbox Game Pass. You get access to all the League of Legends champions, League of Legends, Wild Rift, uh, Legends of Ruteria, 
team fight Winter. tactics in Valorant. You get access to all the agents, all the champions, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool, pretty big. I don't know. You're Like you play um, League of Legends and stuff. Does this make you go, holy shit, like you're going to get yeah. all the champions for your subscription? It's, it's huge news because um, they have never really done like, okay, there are other MOBAs that have done um, passes before to get specific things or every, uh, sort of battle passes or um, you've got uh, Smite that does like a character pass thing like it was one time purchase. Uh, it's like 40 bucks or whatever and you get everything uh, and in future content. Um, and stuff like that as well. But Riot's never traditionally done that at all with the League specifically too. So now that they're developing more games, it's sort of been a bit more of an interesting thing. Mm. Uh, um, that, uh, like, you, you know, Valorant's the same sort of thing. You can't fucking... You can't just have all of the agents at once. You need to buy them individually and stuff like that. But to hear that they're just going to have a thing where, like, if you've got Game Pass and you've got, like, access to everything under under the Riot banner, is a fucking huge thing because that saves a absolute mega shit ton of money. <laughs> yeah, well, fuck. I've been sort of looking around for League of Legends alone. You'll get up to six hundred bucks American <laughs> worth of value just with unlocking the champions. And that doesn't. Oh inc- yeah, that doesn't include if you play like a couple of these games. Like, it's going to be pretty insane. And just like, <laughs> they're obviously trying to get new people to come into their games like really aggressively, like giving away this much content. For I dare say a, a nice, very nice check from Microsoft, but pretty cool. Just like a really aggressive sort of play within in the industry, which is uh, even from someone who couldn't care really less about Riot Games, it's just like wow, that's a big move. Like, kind of. I think you'd like their new game coming out. Yeah, they've got like some fighting games coming out, and like they they've got a um, they've got like an adventure game with uh, Nunu and his pet Yeti Willem. Yeah, and that's the thing with League of Legends, like. A lot of the characters, they're, they're fantastic. It's just like, do you want to play a, a toxic MOBA? Not really. <laughs> but you do haven't you... watched Arcane yet either. Fucking Arcane is... Yeah, no, I haven't. Like, heard nothing but good things. So I just haven't... It's Netflix. I think it's, apart from like Stranger Things now, I think it's Netflix's top rated Oh, it's on show. Netflix, is it? I didn't realize it was... Um... Yeah, it's never, it's, it's Netflix's best perform one of Netflix's highest rated shows. Okay. I in fact, it was... it's it's like in the top three. All right. I thought it was just YouTube, to be honest. <laughs> just, yeah, okay. Netflix. Yeah. No, I should give it a, I should give it a look because like, legal, like whenever you go People to a- People who don't play League love it. It's great. Yeah. Whenever you go to a, like a convention or whatever, the legal, it's League of Legends and Blizzard characters, which everyone's dressed up as. Like everyone just loves them. So I think, mm. I think just doing more sort of games- based on their characters is a great idea. But yeah, massive move by Riot. Um, a game that I'm really excited for, and it's probably one of the more boring ones for a lot of people, but Forza Motorsport. I'm really looking forward to Forza Motorsport. I got the PC, I got the racing wheel. I've been looking forward to a brand new Motorsport game to come out because I think it was Motorsport 6. Like Xbox currently don't have a Motorsport game you can go and buy because the, the previous game with licensing of the cars it, it, it expired so you can no longer go and buy that game hmm. so they just don't even have an option to go back to the older game unless you want I guess a disc on Xbox One but no nah, that's not gonna not gonna fly with me <laughs> so yeah really looking forward to Motorsport uh, on a series and PC um, I thought it was really cool how they had like a bit of a dig at Gran Turismo in Gran Turismo 
uh, ray tracing, so how light reflects off of the cars and the track and everything, it's not present when you're actually playing in the game. But if you're watching a replay, then that's when ray tracing turns on. And they had a very sort of clear statement in this where it's like, ray tracing is on in race, <laughs> not just replays. I was like, okay. And that's a, that's, a, that's a fair sort of dig to have as far as it goes. And they also went into an expansion for uh, Forza Horizon 5. They got another Hot Wheels expansion, which looks really cool. I actually missed the Hot Wheels expansion in Forza Horizon 3. So I'm really keen to get into this because uh, Forza Horizon uh, 4 on, um, I guess, the previous game had an expansion for Lego. And it, oh, it was it was awesome. Like just driving around Lego cars, smashing through Lego trees and Lego just like houses and all that. It was awesome. It was so much fun. So hopefully the Hot Wheels one's just as good. Like doing the loop-de-loops, like on an ultra-wide monitor and um, with the racing wheel. I'm like, holy shit, I won't know what to do with myself. Um, what else here? What else here? I think uh, the, the last case of Benedict Fox looks pretty cool. Kind of like a, yeah. a moody um, action platformer. Looks pretty nice. Hmm. What else here really excited me? Oh, the Persona games. Yes. that This was a big thing for Xbox. And Persona 3 uh, Portable, Persona 4 Golden, and Persona 5 Royal. Coming to Xbox Game Pass. Coming to PlayStation and PC as well. Hopefully, we get these on Switch. I really hope we get these on Switch. What do you reckon our likelihood is of... Liz coming to our little Nintendo box. I have no idea, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think, like, the thing is, it's like, we can look at it from the perspective that they will, but then we probably won't get our wish just just by manifesting it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Like, it's the only platform we don't have a sort of, I guess, announcement for. But I feel I feel like with a lot of these things we've been talking about on this episode... I feel like a lot of things are just holding for a direct, whether it is this month or July or August. I feel like some things are just holding off for Nintendo's word, but yeah, I hope so. I really want um at least Persona Four Golden and uh, Three on there. Whether they get Royal, like if they make the effort to sort of downgrade it, like it's it's a huge step. And um, the way I want to look at it is is that I don't think Atlas have the same relationship with PlayStation that they used to anymore. And I think Atlas are looking to branch out. They realize with P5 how much of a reach they can actually have. Mm. So now they're just they're just looking to push it in other places as well. And like it going to Xbox in itself is a huge thing um, because it's a Western, um, like a, a, a sort of a Western-based um, gaming company, which is you know being embedded in Japan as Atlas is. Um, I didn't think it had ever happened, but not only that, also like PC as well, but we've already got P4G on Steam. Yeah. So it's sort of like, you know, but uh, at the same time, just I'd love to see them end up on Switch. Uh, I, all of them could end up on Switch. I think that's 100% a possibility. And I think the fan demand for it is so far and beyond there for it to happen. So chances of it happening, are, they're high, I think. Um, but... I think also saying it too loud will just manifest bad things. <laughs> yeah, because you so. imagine just the sheer amount of cash Atlas and Sega would just be missing out on. Just like at least like the the older games, like three and four, the sheer amount of cash they'll be like just leaving on the table. 
just yeah. not including them on Switch. Like it would be insane. And Persona 5 Royal, like the original Persona 5, it came out on PlayStation 3 in Japan. Um, but Persona 5 Royal, they sort of, you know, they, they guess they gave like a PlayStation 4 Pro update with 4K and stuff. And I don't know how, they might have to do a little bit of work and downgrading for the Switch just in, in that regard. So, you know, hopefully they're like, they see the, the dollar signs. Because yeah. there's no way it's not worth it. Like there's it's a it's a hundred and seven million selling console. People love their JRPGs on it. People have been asking for a five on it for years Dogs. at this point. Like there is no way it's not worth it. So whether they want to hold it for another day, they might too. So who knows? Um, what do you think about Hideo Kojima coming out and saying, "Yo, making a cloud based coming, <laughs> coming out"? He's gay, yeah. <laughs> Um, no, just uh, no, yeah, that's right. It's a good time to do it. Um, saying that he's uh, making a cloud game with uh, Xbox Game Studios, pretty cool. A big statement for Xbox to come out and say, "Hey, we got your boy with Mr. Kojima." Yeah, yeah. and then he has to actually uh, say later, like, "Hey, look, I'm still in good working relations with PlayStation, so probably are making a game with them as well." I dare say. Welcome to Death Stranding Cloud Edition. Yeah, could you imagine? It just ports it over. <laughs> Only works in the cloud. Oh god. Yeah. No, it's just a. It's um, it's, it's, a, it's, it's neat. Yeah. But I, I listen. I think he's. I think he's. Yeah. I think the statements are one hundred percent true. In that he's like one of the most creative minds in the industry, and like et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. But do I think it's that like? Do I think it's that un like that unbelievable that I could see Kojima working with Microsoft on anything? The person he gravitates toward to most as a character in his games currently is a star is is an American star from The Walking Dead, and likely that's that is one hundred percent where he found that inspiration from. It was like, oh, I'm going to watch this American TV show. Yeah, do you know maybe. what I mean? Mm. And then fucking it, like, then the second fucking game got leaked anyway. Yeah, that's what uh, overdose two got leaked. Yeah, yeah, it sounds interesting. It'd be mm. interesting to see where that pops up. Is that a PlayStation game or is that a is that this game? I don't think it is the Xbox game. No, it won't be. No, no. The Xbox game. I think they're literally just like sign the paper. It's like, all right, get your ass up in this Xbox showcase. Make us look good. Make our money worth it. You fucking bastard. I think that's what they were doing at this show. Phil Spencer's like, he just comes out and he's like his T-shirt. He's like, we fucking got him, boys. Here he is. Mm. He's a hey, dear Kojima. He just gives you a nod, tip of the cap. So yeah, that's right. You'll get a game from him on Xbox. Don't you fucking worry about that, kids. Now, here's Starfield. What do you reckon of Starfield? Oh, nah, yeah. <laughs> looks like a Bethesda looks game. Fucking, it looks terrible already. Sorry. Oh, Jesus Christ, Bros. Getting right out there of the facts. That well, that listen, no, no, no. There was there was absolutely no reason for them to bring that out on show. Not yeah. at all. Yeah, well they it it, yeah. it, it fucking looked undercooked. Mm. They they said they, they should have been like, all right, here's the delay and it also will not be showcased at our June event. <laughs> but mm. honestly it looked it looked rough, but just from from watching it, like I've never been a big Bethesda fan, so like when I'm talking about Activision Blizzard, I'm not the 
I'm the guy they've got to win over, honestly. I like big open games, so it's not like I'm opposed to this type of thing. But Bethesda games have always looked looks like they do. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm not I'm not that interested in I don't know. I, I, Bethesda, a lot of people Bethesda are talking good. Yeah. Okay. Like I I, I I do like them, but I just think they're shooting way above their fucking belt as always. Like that's their problem. That's 100% what they do. They're just like, oh, look, we're just fucking... We're just going to make a fucking game with 1,000 planets when we can't fucking maintain one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, just, just stick to a region. Oh, calm the yeah. fuck down. <laughs> stick to a region. Like Skyrim was a big region. Just do another big region. Don't have to do 1,000 planets. Come on. Calm down. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that was like the Xbox Bethesda showcase. It was okay. It was good. Um, yeah. What else was there? There's, there's plenty of other things which I haven't caught up on like 100%. I haven't caught up on a Day of the Devs. I probably should because that has a lot of games I'll probably be a lot more interested in, in all honesty. There's like a lot more indie type stuff, but sort of like coming across them on Steam for the demos and stuff like Bear and Breakfast. That looks ridiculous. Yeah, actually, there was a game that I'm keen to actually I haven't tried on Steam yet. It's called Goodbye World. Goodbye World is an indie game about indie game creators uh, created using pixel art mimicking Super Nintendo NES and Game Boy Advance games. It's expected out later this year. Looks really cool. It's got like graphics like Mother 3, which uh, I think is absolutely beautiful pixel art. So that's what I want to try on Steam maybe later this week. But I should download it quick because it's finishing up soon. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like there's the PC gaming show too. I started watching that. There's some interesting stuff coming out of it, but it's like a two-hour presentation. I'm like, a lot of lot of stuff was kind of boring me. Um, the PC gaming show isn't that fun to watch. Never really is. No, but there's so little this year because like E3 is not a thing. So I'm like, fuck it. I'll just watch. <laughs> just what do you have for me? Um, I, I think I got I got to a point where they were talking about F1 Manager, and. I'm not like into these like manager games where it's football or F1 or whatever have you, but it looks really interesting. Like, we're getting so desperate, boys. Look out. <laughs> yeah. Just like uh, with everything that goes into it, my like, holy shit, would I be able to make these uh, decisions that impact the race? Yes. Yes, I could. You could all do it. Believe in yourself. I'm just sitting there on the microphone, like, hey, Trent, change your fucking tires. They're bl- they're bold. Fuck's sakes. Hey Trent. Is that how you play the game? I just sit here on the microphone or like, oi. Trent, you need to activate your ass power and sit on the wheel. Oh, the ass power. Mm. How does one activate an ass power, bros? They, well they sit on the wheel and they steer with their ass. Mm. You like clench it's each more, cheek. It's, it's more stable, you see. It's more pressure on the wheel. Yeah, okay. So you like clench your left cheek and that turns you to the left. And you clench to the right, you turn to the right, you clench both, and that's the break. No, 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 you clench both mm-hmm. and you fly. Oh, shit. That's wicked, man. Whoa. How do you get back to the ground? You unclench, you just drop. Yeah, that's right, and you just drop. <laughs> Physics. Amazing. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, mm. I don't know if I have any more games to really talk about um, as far as Summer Game Fest. Like, there's, it was fun sort of following it all, but as far as like, Actual purchases, I don't know if I'm going to be buying anything. <laughs> no, yeah. Like, <laughs> there's already, like, there's already, like, so much of it's been announced. Like, 
I'm um I'm going on EB Games website now. Like just if if I just go to PlayStation, I go to pre-orders. Getting the Last of Us, I would like I'm interested in Hogwarts Legacy from what we've seen. Might pick that up. Forspoken, I'm keen to pick that up. Um that might be it as far as that goes. So let's go to the Switch. Go to Switch pre-orders. So we've got the Pokemon games. We've got Fire Emblem, Warriors 3, Hopes. Um, we've got Xenoblade Chronicles 3, Splatoon 3, Digimon Survive, uh, Live Alive coming from Square Enix, which I'm keen for. Um, Temtem's getting its uh, 1.0 update. So that's going to be pretty cool. That's coming to Switch as well on the 6th of uh, September. I've already got it on PC. I bought it like in beta years ago. So I'll probably just play it there, but... That seems pretty cool, just with like always online sort of monster catching Pokemon esque sort of game. So like just just from that alone, there's there's plenty. Let alone all the indie games and whatever else stuff coming to Game Pass, stuff in your backlog. I just do not feel <laughs> like I need more to be like, oh shit, I got to get that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. like, do you do you think like you know we're we're obsessed. We like we like to try and keep up with um, the times and that. Honestly. Just like, just buying Xenoblade Chronicles 3. That's good enough for the rest of the year. Like, honestly, yeah. like, do you need, <laughs> you, you could get Splatoon uh, 3, like, Christmas time, played over the summer break. <laughs> That'd be good enough for then. <laughs> it's like, you know, just engulfed with content. It's a, mm. it's a hard time to be alive, Ross. I don't know. I don't know what to say. It's, it's difficult. How do we... Yeah. Oh, well, I'm, I'm just going to need to cut down, to be honest. There's too much coming out at once now. Yeah, like, it's a money thing, but it's it's mainly a time thing. Like, yeah. Because, like, how do you... Do you find you're picking up your Switch much, like, the last no, month heaps. or so? Yeah. Uh, is that is that time or content, or why do you feel that is? That's because I'm too busy doing other things. Like... Mm-hmm. Um, I might I might pick up my Switch if I'm playing something on my stream or something. But like in terms of actual video games, unless I'm doing content, it's not, I'm not actually doing a lot in video games at the moment. Yeah, and we all go through those sort of those times too, where it's like, ah, I don't feel like playing anything, and sometimes yeah. you feel like playing everything. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah. Because like on on PlayStation, on I've I've got two copies here still in their cellophane. I got uh, Lego Star Wars, and I got the Quarry. No. Like I like the quarry just came in yesterday, and actually Lego Star Wars did too. Got it on Amazon for fifty five bucks. I'm pretty happy with that. But yeah, look, there's always something coming out where I was like, do I have enough time to play Lego Star Wars? I don't know. No. Probably not. I've got it. The You've options there. You don't have the time to play it. Yeah. All right. So I think that's all the summer game fest. We'll wrap up the show, but before we do, I got one pack of amiibo cards left. Ooh, yeah, you better open that. That search fulfillment. This is the last chance, ladies and gentlemen. Where is freaking? Oh, we'll see a blue card in there. <laughs> Could you imagine? Could you imagine if we finish off the show with a filbert Bros? So what do we got? I think we got Anacotti. That's a double up. We got Avery. That's another double up. Oh fuck! And the blue one's Chip. Oh, it's oh, fucking chip. Fucking chip. Fucking chip. All right, everybody, send your hate mail to chip. So, oh, two of these cards were double ups. I got three packs. Oh, no. Yeah. 
Right, so better, better luck next time. So mate. what we're going to do, if any, if anybody listened to this almost three-hour episode of the House of Mario, um, mm. if you have a Philbert card, if you have a spare one, send him my way. I'll send him. I'll send you ten bucks as a, as a thank you gift for for Philbert. Um, but otherwise, I got to go to go and buy him myself. Yeah, that's a shame. Good luck. Fifteen Good luck, bucks. Man. If anybody wants any of these cards, I'll be happy to give them to you. I honestly don't care about them. I like the oh, sparkly okay. ones though. KK Slider Sparkly. I got a Porter Sparkly one. And Chip Sparkly. Fantastic. Fantastic Woo. stuff. Woo. Yeah. So everybody, thank you very much for listening to the House of Mari episode 224. You can join us on the Discord. There's a link in the show notes. Join our Mario Strikers Football Club. Help us dominate all those other bastard clubs out there. And uh, if you listen this far, use the hashtag FOM Strikers Champions on uh, on Twitter or in Discord. Let us know you listen to the whole episode. We really appreciate it. This is a longer episode because I put this show together when I thought I was going to be doing a solo episode by myself. So it took a little bit longer to get through with all of us here. But definitely really appreciate your time, your effort, your 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 love. But uh, guys, thank you very much for coming over. It's uh, support from listeners like you make this house a home. But uh, our hospitality is run out, Bryce. We feel, we feel defeated. The bar's closed. It's time to go home. So the doors to the house of Mario, they're closed. We'll catch you later. Bye-bye. The House of Mario, a Nintendo podcast, is lovingly crafted and recorded in the southeast of South Australia. The show is produced and hosted by me, Drew Agnew, and my co-host is Bryce DeWitt. If you enjoy my work here and on my other podcasts, Encore at the House of Mario, A Drew Story, and Kraken Furfies, help spread the word by sharing us with a mate or leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you would like to show further support and help me achieve my goal of freeing up one working day a week to spend more time refining and creating podcasts, please consider checking out patreon.com slash idruby where for only $1 you get access to my secret recordings where I share everything behind the scenes. A big thank you to the legend DJ for supporting the content at the podcast producer level on Patreon. From the bottom of my heart, thank you.